Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Coming at you live. It is Buzzworthy Radio, where you can get the latest buzz on all your favorite shows and stars. Buzzworthy starts now. Buzzworthy Radio's anniversary week is sponsored by Absolutely Shitless. Is there a specific shit that you want to try to give up, or is there a shit that is causing you a great deal of stress in your life? Well, today marks the third annual Give Up Your Shoulds Day, where you are able to get rid of some of the clutter of all of your shoulds. And not just for today, you can do it at any time of your life. Pick up Absolutely Shouldless, written by Damon L. Jacobs at your local bookstore or at Amazon.com. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Buzzworthy Radio here on blogtalkradio.com. It is Thursday, November 4th, 2010, in the midst of Anniversary Week. I'm your host, Novell J. Lee. It is 10.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Pacific Time. And we are about to showcase to you two back-to-back interviews that were the most talked about within the three years that we've done this show. The first interview that we are showcasing to you is the interview that we did with Christoph St. John, who plays the role of Neil Winters on CBS Daytime's The Young and the Restless, followed by the interview with Victoria Rao, who played Drusilla Winters from 1990 to 2007 on the same show. They're still talked about to this day, even though these interviews aired uh, within uh, two years apart. And I can't believe that it it is still highly regarded. Both of those shows are highly regarded amongst all the fans. And we definitely have to showcase these interviews to you again, especially there have been some people who have actually said that they have not heard these interviews yet. So this is your time to be able to listen to these shows again if you haven't heard them for the very first time. First up, we have Christoph St. John, followed by Victoria Rao. Enjoy. And uh, Homeboy is with us right now, I believe. What's going on, man? Uh, <laughs> is that Navelle? Yeah, it is. Navelle J. Lee, my man. What's what? happening, brother? What is happening, man? I am uh, just getting done with the gym. I raced home. I had uh, my little one in the kids' club at the gym who uh, must think I'm absolutely crazy because I tore out of there at 100 miles an hour letting her know that that Daddy had to get back to the house because I didn't bring the number with me to call in for the interview show tonight. So, uh, But it's all good, man. I got her watching SpongeBob SquarePants, eating some grub. I had enough time to give her some apple juice, and uh, we're on it, baby. I'm glad to be here. Nice. It's great to have you here with us. After how long has it taken to get you here? Like maybe what? A few weeks? A few months? Maybe? Uh, yeah, maybe. maybe it's a, a few weeks, few months. Sure, I'll go along with that. We'll go, we'll, we'll go with that. We'll go with that. Uh, we had some fun um, recently with Daniel Goddard, didn't we? I, I, I think so. And I, I want to bring on, uh, I want to bring on someone who was there for that. And, uh, this is Matt, so Matt, speak up. 
<laughs> hey, what is up, everybody? How are you? Matt, I'm doing good, buddy. How are you? I'm doing good. It's awesome to talk to you again. And, yeah, we were so, like, happy when you called, when you, when you made your guest appearance for, for DG's show. It was uh, it was one of those moments where it'll probably go in our, like, top ten of we did not expect that to happen, and we were so happy that it did. So we're so happy to have you back. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate that. And I don't think anyone expected what happened, and that's probably due to the fact that Daniel Goddard is, uh, he really speaks off the cuff, and when Daniel and I get together, it's, uh, there's mayhem, brother. I, I don't know what else to tell you. I mean, Josh Morrow and I have a pretty good rapport, but for some reason, when Daniel Goddard and I start talking, it goes haywire, and um, <laughs> he's crazy. That's all I can say. My man, Goddard, is on another planet, and it's not Australia. <laughs> it's not Australia. Okay. I got it. All right, so... Yeah. So what what do you uh what do you attest to when you do those scenes especially now with uh with everything that's going on with the storyline that's playing out with uh Lily having ovarian cancer, um Kane being an imposter, you know, it it just it just seems to fuel those scenes together. I mean you must wind up cracking each other up while you're in the midst of doing those scenes. How 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 can you keep a straight face? Well, I, let me tell you something, Navelle and Matt. The, 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 the truth is we do so many emotional scenes during the course of the year, and half the stuff is, I'm not going to say preposterous because it's not. A lot of stuff is real life, getting close to, to home, um, a lot of social relevance within the storylines. However, there's a lot of idiocy within the, the actual storylines, and so for us to go out there and really bang it out, no pun intended, but to really get in there and make it work for us and the audience, we, there has to be a certain sense of levity before we actually take. And this has been a long-standing tradition. Uh, I'm not going to name names, but there are a few actors who really don't get behind the comical, let's rehearse in a funny sort of atmosphere and then blow it out during the take process. Um, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of opportunities during the the weeks to um, to poke fun at the material. You know, we take it seriously. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think I'd be able to do the material. Not really. If you look at how many horrible, emotional, crazy roller coaster things have happened during the course of 18, 19, 20 years for me, then yeah. you completely understand how we we have to inject humor into the daily process. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. You're doing yeah, it, man. You're doing well, it, thanks, man. man. Thanks, thanks, thanks. And then Daniel, I mean, you know, he's a goofball and so am I. I you know, I'm a goof at heart. I think in, in fifth grade I received uh, uh, the one most likely to uh, be the class uh, clown throughout uh, junior high and high school. And they were right, and that's what I was awarded in junior high and high. So bottom line is I, I have a lot of fun. Who else besides you and Daniel Goddard on the set has a lot of fun. Who who would you poke fun? I guess who would you practice, make the practical jokes with? Who else? Well, I, I already mentioned Josh Morrow. I mean, Josh, he, he can't, I can't keep a straight face around him and vice versa. Josh Morrow, Michelle Stafford, um, Christian sometimes, um, Christian LeBlanc, uh, Crystal Khalil, um, Brighton, who plays my son, um, you know, again, it, it really depends on the storyline. I mean, I remember years ago, uh, during there was a porn storyline uh, with oh, the characters yeah. of, of Cricket, Christine, um, Drusilla, Paul, and Neil. That's Doug Davidson and myself. And 
it was just hysterical, man. They they were uh, they were kidnapped to be in a in a in a kind of a prostitution porn ring, and so Paul and Neil have to uh, have to come in and save the day. And it was like something out of Miami Vice. I felt like you know Rico Tubbs and and busting through the door. And I didn't have a gun, but you know we ended up on the floor wrestling, and it was hysterical. It, yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that that I'd have to say. You know, you, 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 we do it with comedy. What well, would you? Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. We're gonna say. I was gonna say. What story can you see Neil playing right now? Because I, for one, want to see Neil in a front burner story, and it just it just doesn't seem to be happening for him. I mean, it just seems like one step is taken forward, but then you get like two steps back. And again, this is my opinion. I don't know how anybody else feels, but you know, I I, I just. We just need to see Neil doing something other than be there for his daughter. You could be there for the daughter. You could be there for Lily, but Neil needs to have something going on. You know what I mean? The value couldn't be more, uh, more you know, correct and perceptive about that. And um, uh, unfortunately, that doesn't seem to be the case right now or in the coming months. Uh, I'm experiencing a great deal of time off from the show, um, approximately six, seven weeks, and. They're they're actually concentrating a lot on a particular storyline with Victor and Mary Jane. Um, I can't tell you what it's about. It's all top secret. But, you know, it, it, uh, the, the storyline that I could see Neil getting into, and I don't know, maybe they'll do this sometime later this year or next year if, uh, if I pitch it and they accept it. But Neil needs to get out of Chancellor Industries being the CEO just for the sake of having a job. Um, he went from one major corporation to another, right back into the hot seat of working for someone else, and he was crying all along about, you know, not being the man over at Newman Enterprises. So Neil needs to start his own business, preferably something, you know, I'm not going to get racial here, but I think it would be proper for Neil to go out on a limb and do an African-American company, a Bob Johnson sort of cosmetics type of company where he's at the helm, and it, it doesn't have to be all African-American employees, but I think if he's hitting certain African-American areas of the marketplace, you know, maybe magazine, I don't know, they've already, they're already doing the magazine, but bottom line is a company that he runs, and at the same time, you know, he goes to uh, Victor and he starts sort of taking the, the trade secrets that he learned along the years, throughout the years from Victor. And slowly but surely, he starts zapping Victor for all the stuff that he's done to people. And as much as he loves Victor, you know, and they have been good friends, you know, it's yeah. time. It's, it's time to, to become that multi-billionaire that Russell Simmons has become and let Victor get into the Paul house. And if Victor goes to the Paul house, which no one would expect, that would be incredible. He came to town with no money. He renamed himself Victor Newman, and he should go out the same way, not leave the show. You know what? Don't tell Eric Braden that I'm pitching this story because he'd have a cow. <laughs> he has had him on the show, too, so we, we won't. <laughs> yeah, but that's the kind of story that Neil needs, and he needs to fall in love with, you know, I, I, I think it needs, it's a high time that, that uh, the character Drusilla steps back on the landscape, and, you know, and I don't know if it's for a long period of time, but definitely for, you know, six months to a year just to sort of solve all the stuff that, that has been occurring, you know, that would be uh, that would be pretty cool. That what was actually, 
that was definitely one question that my mom had. My mom is like your number one fan, by the way. Like the whole show, she loves it. Um, I was screaming downstairs like, hey, I'm going to go talk to, you know, Christoph. What do you want to ask him? He wanted to know, when is your char- character going to wise up and fall in love with somebody, either being Tyra or, or somebody else? When, when is he going to find love again? Uh, your lips to God's ears. I don't know. Um, <laughs> you know, he really does need to put to bed this whole death of his ex-wife. And, and to be fair, uh, in in real time, it's been since uh, early 2007. In showtime, Genoa City time, it's probably been more like five years. Um, so he still hasn't gotten over it. And I'm not sure a person ever does. If you lose a loved one in the way that Neil lost his wife, you know, it, was, it, it destroyed him. And he really has never picked up the pieces. And so now he's living his life somehow, you know, through his daughter and through, um, through his work. And, and I guess, you know, that's what the writers have been, have been targeting, which um, it, it needs to be a more well-rounded experience than that. You know, God forbid I should ever lose a loved one like that, but I think it's time for him to get beyond that. And he did for a minute with, with Karen, but then what a lousy way to end the Karen relationship. And that was yeah. all sort of driven by the writers, and it was all due to – I'll tell you the truth, guys. I mean, you know, I, I can't talk smack about the network or about the writers or writing on the show, but I can tell you that there was definitely a feeling or a mandate that an African-American female enter onto the, onto the land, into the landscape of Genoa City that Neil falls for, and that, that female would quite likely take the place you know, no one can, but take the place of the character of Drusilla. They wanted a feisty black girl, much attitude, you know, beautiful. And, and so the search was made for the character, and the, and, the, and the character's name was Tyra. And, you know, she came on the show very green, but, you know, she was good. She, she, had, her, um, she had her moments with her storylines. And, you know, I'm not sure that, I mean, you can't please everybody. You know, no. personally, I, I, I like her. Personally, I like um, Eva Marceau a lot. She's a great girl, you know, but to the audience, she wasn't Drusilla. And I think that's the main problem, that they could never accept the fact that this girl was, was the replacement. And, and you can't do that. You know, and neither could the character, for that matter. And he tried to do that with Karen. So, I don't know, I'm getting long-winded. But um, how do you guys feel about the character of Tyra? You tell me. Um, so. Okay, uh, yeah, I'll go first. Um, I feel pretty much the same way you do. I feel like they're trying to fill that void that was left by Drusilla and when Victoria Rao left the show, but you you can't do that. You really can't do that with a specific character of that kind of caliber. And, you know, I like Eva Marcel, like you said. I, I do. I like her. And Tyra had her moments on the show, but it just seems to, it just seems to be at a standstill. It doesn't, it's not going anywhere. And, you know, I I, want to be perfectly candid as I can. It just seems like the direction they take for the African-American characters on the show, and the reason why I'm being candid about it is because I am one, and and just watching it on screen and how it plays out, it, it just, it doesn't work. It doesn't mesh, and it doesn't seem like this is how African Americans should be. How they should 
be reacting, how they should be playing in these roles. And, you know, it just it just seems like what's I'm trying to use the best the best word that I can to, in order to describe well, you're tr- it. you're trying to be political and diplomatic as we all try to be when we're dealing with a subject matter that is um, that is could be considered offensive if you don't they need the to right do a little bit more research. Uh, I think I, I really do. That that's pretty much what I want to say. They pretty much need to do their groundwork and their homework if they want well, to write for African American characters on the show because YNR is synonymous for that. And they have been good. They have been good with writing uh, writing African-Americans on the show, but it just doesn't seem to be working that way at this point. Well, here, okay, Let, let's put it like this. I mean, we have um, a few characters on the show left from the main core family of the Winters. And when you see the description on the TiVo or the television guide, or the, the, the satellite program, Young and the Restless, it says, you know, this drama revolves around three families in Genoa City. And, and that supposedly is the Newmans, the Abbots, and the Winters. I mean, that's what that means. It, it doesn't necessarily include the other families that we've grown, grown used to. However, the, the characters that have left have become vanilla to a certain extent. You know, nothing against what, what we're doing because all we're trying to do as actors is interpret the, the writing, interpret the story, and give you the best possible performance that we can. But it's difficult to do that when you have a lack of black representation behind the, the camera, behind the scenes. There are no black writers. There are no black producers or directors. You know, there's, there's, well, I've been fighting for that for a while, and I gave up, you know, late 90s, uh, a, a good friend of mine, uh, Alan Carter, who uh, is an, an amazing journalist, a fantastic writer. You know, he's tried at least two or three times, to my knowledge, to break into the the writing at Young and the Restless. And I, you know, I helped him one time, and it just didn't work. They didn't, and it's a closed-off community because if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, hold on one second. Laura, I'm on the phone, honey. I'm, I'm doing an interview. Wait. <laughs> hey, love it. Love hi. it. Say hi. Say hi, everyone. Say hey, everybody. Say hi, Neville. Hi. 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 Out there. What are you doing right What's now? What's up? What are you doing? Are you watching? What are you watching? SpongeBob. And what is, SpongeBob. who's your favorite character on SpongeBob? SpongeBob. Oh, that's an easy he answer. And so, are you going to let Daddy do his interview right now? No. Well, what do you want me to do? Nothing. Mm, you want me to change, me to change the? Nothing. Yes. Okay, well, say, um, I love everyone out there, and, I, and what, what show does Daddy work on? Interestless. Do you ever watch it? No. Well, why not? Do you, why don't you watch it? It's boring. It's boring. <laughs> why is it boring? Because it's just so boring. Yeah, I hear you. There's no kids on the show? No. And, and would you watch it if SpongeBob was on Young and the Restless? Yes. But SpongeBob isn't on Young and the Restless, right? Uh-uh. What character does Daddy play on The Young and the Restless? I don't know. Really? Where do your toys come from? I don't know. Yeah, let me tell you, sister, your toys come from The Young and the Restless. <laughs> and, and don't you forget it, all right? So, all right, I want you to say bye to everybody out there in Radio Land on Buzzworthy. Say bye, Buzzworthy. Do you know how to say that? Bye. Buzzworthy. Buzzworthy. Oh, no. Oh. Here, I got, I'm changing. Hey, that, that was an interview with... 
the uh, very creative, very beautiful, yet demanding six-year-old in my life, Lola St. John. And oh, uh, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's a cool chick. Too cute. Oh, too cute. Love it. It's a, it's a shame she said the show was boring. <laughs> wow. Well. You know, what can you, what can you do, right? <laughs> yeah, very All right. True. Oh, man. Well, I, I got to tell you, the switchboard just is, like, lighting up, like, right now to take calls from you. You have no idea. In fact, it's lighting up. So, in fact, it lit up so badly that it just crashed, but it just came back up. So that's good. Yay. Okay. Well, good. Well, you know what? And I also I want to play a little game, um, and it's it's basically it's called Name That Tune. And so we'll play it for a couple of minutes right now. You, Isabel, Matt, and me. And and so I'm gonna I'm gonna do the songs from this end, and I want you to tell me. We're so we're gonna start with these are classic TV. Songs. Classic oh God, TV God. songs. I'm so good at this. Now, these, these are going to be easy. They're going to be relatively easy, and then they'll get harder. I'm going to give you a few seconds of, let's start with, here we go. Jefferson, come on. Jefferson. Okay. That's, that's, that's okay. easy. Everybody knows that. Okay, here we go. Here's the next one. This is going to be a little bit more difficult. Here we go. Ready to go? Yeah, yeah. What's happening? Nice. Okay, you got that one. All right, now this one, I'm not sure you're going to get. Here we go. Partridge family? Nice. Come on, man. You've got to give me a challenge. You've got to give me a challenge. What's that? (laughs) Okay. All right, I'm only going to give you a couple of seconds of this one because this one's pretty recognizable. Here we go. Charlie's Angels. Oh, wow. Nivelle, wow. Good job. Wow. I am amazed. Here we go. Here's the next one. Oh, the nanny. The nanny. The nanny. Sweet. Okay, this one's a little newer. Here we go. Uh, Mad about you. Oh, my God. I don't think I can pull anything over on you guys. Sure. How about this one? Ooh. Okay. Okay. That, that one, I... Oh, God. Okay, here we go. A couple more seconds. Oh, who's the boss? Okay. Oh, sweet. How about this one? <laughs> Um, I think well, uh, I don't know that one. one. <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> the are beautiful, right? <laughs> Guys, I am impressed. I mean, I am really impressed. And here's the last one, and we we all remember this one. If you don't get this one, then you're fired. Here we go. Uh oh. <laughs> back to life. The back to life. There you go. Sweet. Okay. Uh, well, you know what? You're uh, you're. you're you're more into the television classics than I thought. We are. <laughs> I, I, yeah, 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 man. I watch them all the time. You can't, you can't stump me. You can't stump me. All right, let's, you can't. You couldn't. All right, let's, uh, let's take, let's start taking the calls here because you know, I, I can't believe, I can't believe this. It fired up like mad. All right, four one four, Wisconsin, right? What part of Wisconsin are you calling from? Milwaukee. 
Oh, I'm on, like, right now? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm You're okay. I'm, I guess I'm a little nervous. This is my first time, so okay, I'm all right. What are you nervous for? Why are you nervous? I don't know. Long <laughs> day of work. Long day of work. Okay, my name's Wanda from Milwaukee, and I pretty much watch YNR. Pretty much all, I have watched it all my Wanda from the soap cruise that took my picture. Yes, that's me. <laughs> How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm can't, good. I can't wait to see you. I know. I'm going to see you at the end of the month. Yep, that's yes. right. <laughs> okay. Hey, Wanda. Hi. <laughs> Okay, yes, okay, so I've watched the show, of course, all my adulthood life. Um, happy belated birthday, Christoph. You had a birthday in the middle of July, so happy belated. Thank um, you, Wanda. You're welcome. Oh, my God, I lost my question. I'm so sorry. Really? Well, if you lost your question, I want you to answer this one. What's this? Huh? Ready? Wait. <laughs> Facts of life. No, that's oh, no. Oh, different show, baby. Come on. You remember that one? Gary Coleman, Todd Bridges? Oh, Dana yeah, duh. I know that one. See, I told you I'm nervous. Okay. All I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can play that all night. I see you're really into that. <laughs> okay, my question. Okay, my question. Have you ever been to the Midwest? With, you know, the Hawaiian art being, like, stationed in Genoa City, have you ever been to the Midwest? Well, sure. I've actually been to where you live. Um uh, a couple of times. This was back in the mid to late 90s. But um, as I recall, I drank a lot of beer and ate a lot of cheese. And I don't really remember too much of what happened because I ate too much cheese. Does that make sense? No. Oh, too much beer. Forgive me. Drank too much yeah. beer. Okay. I, yeah. I, I know we're famous for the beer and cheese and also in the summertime for summer festival, you know, music festival. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, okay. I dated I dated a couple of girls from uh, Wisconsin before. We're pretty cool hip people, so yeah. Yep, yep. It's very nice. Uh, it's very nice there during the summer and very cold. Yeah, it's very cold there. in the winter. <laughs> yes, that's that's yes. us. Okay, well, yes. I'm so glad I spoke to you. Uh, I look forward to seeing you hopefully at the YNR event next at the end of the month. So. Um, sure. I think that's it. Okay, thank Wanda, you. I, yes. I, I, I hope you call back. You did awesome for the first time. <laughs> okay, thank you. You did good. Thanks, Thanks for calling. Thank you. Wanda, Wanda yes. next time we're going to play uh, songs from the 40s and 50s, all right? That's I, would, I, would, I would not. No, I'm more of a Western chick. So. Okay. Oh, you mean like country Western? Well, more Western as in movies, like the old classic TV shows like wow. Wild Wild West, Rawhide, Bonanza, stuff like that. Smoke. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I'm more uh, that Western. Okay, okay, cool, cool. So that's what we'll do. Next time we'll play some of the old classic television Westerns. Okay, I, I can get those. All right, thanks All right. a lot. Bye-bye. Right, okay. All right. That was good. She's, she was good. You're right, she was good for the first time, eh? Yeah. It is nerve-wracking. I've done it before in another person's show, and, like, it's really, yeah, it's 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 an experience. I can tell you that. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Who else do we have on the on the line, Neville? Uh, we got um, Eric two six seven from Pennsylvania. I believe this is Jamie. How are you? Uh, yes, it's me. <laughs> Hi guys, yes, how are you? Uh, not much. How about you? Not much. Is that Erica? Is that Erica? No, it's Jamie. No, it's, this is Jamie. Hi, Christoph. Jam, jam, is that jam, Jamie or Jamie? It's Jamie. Okay, forgive me. I mean, that's a very unusual name. So we're saying like Jammies is in 
wearing your jammies to bed, or taking the yeah. ends off and calling you jammy. <laughs> yes. Okay, so it's, it's, it's like sweet it's preserves. Short. My name is short for Jamila. So, um, oh, okay. Well, I, I like yeah. that. Jamila's a cool name. Um, in fact, oh, there was a girl you. on our show. Uh, her name was Jemaya, and yeah. uh, she played oh, she played yeah. the singing kid, and, and so it, it turned out that every every scene we we played after. Let me see, when did she come on the show? Early this year, early or late last year. So everything mm-hmm. we ever did after her appearance on first appearance on the show, she sang. So we go to the bathroom and she'd sing. We go to the uh, you know the chancellor uh, uh, parties and she would sing. So how did you like her, Jamie? Are you are you glad that she's uh, off the show or, or what? No, I liked her. You liked her. I I, I liked her. I wish you know I, I you know because there are some times when they have kids on the show and they are annoying and kind of you know whiny or whatever. No, but I liked her and I love when they have kids things because you know I like it when they showcase kids talents like that. It's awesome. She um, actually I, sang the Y&R theme song, which was really cool. Oh, nice. Yeah, I was wow. waiting for her to show up in, in Lily's uh, hospital room in the uh, opera on, while she was on the operation table getting her hysterectomy. And I, and I was that waiting for her to, to turn up and sing a song there. <laughs> you oh, know. come on, you guys. I'm just uh, bringing a little levity to the moment. Yeah, you know, it, I like her, too, and, I, and I'm waiting for her to come back. She hasn't been back in a long time. And, you know, the, the thing that our show tends to do is they overkill stuff. And so right, they ram right. it down your throat yeah. until right. you're sitting there going, geez, give me a break on that. She doesn't have yeah. to sing at every function Everything. you have. Everything, yeah. yeah. It's like, so, okay, yes, we know she can sing. We know she's talented. That doesn't mean we have to hear her every single time. There you go. So, Jenny, what's on tap for tonight? What are you doing? Are you eating dinner? Are you done with dinner? Uh, what's happening? Um, well, I'm actually writing. That's, that's what I do. I, I write. And so um, that's what I've been doing tonight. I've been writing. I'm listening to you because I have to tell you I love you. I have loved you ever since Neil first appeared in Genoa City years ago. Um, I remember watching with my grandma. Me and my grandma used to watch Y&R every day, especially over the summer when I was home, obviously. And, you know, I love the character of Neil. And uh, so it's, it's great that you're still there. Thank you. And, you know, I I also wish that they would use you more. And, you know, it, it, it was sad, sad because they used to, the winters were more prominent in, you know, General City. There was you and there was Malcolm and there was, then there was uh, Olivia and Nate and uh, there was like all these people and they were all interacting with everybody else and it was just great. The, the, the African-American peasants, I'm, I'm African-American myself. It was great to see all this African-American presence on the show. It was lovely. But now it's just like you and Olivia and, and Lily. And it's like, okay, well, what happened? <laughs> um, well, but you go? can see what happened. Jamie, you, you can yes. see what happened. I mean, we, we started with, we started with um, I mean, if you go way back in time to the late 80s, well, actually early 90s, 90, 91, Victoria yeah. Rowell plays Priscilla got there six months before I did. And her storyline was learning how to read from the character of Nathan, played by Nathan Perdee. Her sister came on the show, Olivia Tanya Lee Williams. And then I came on the show about six, seven months after they appeared. And we started building this family from the ground up. 
which then yeah. included three years later the character of Malcolm played by Shamar Moore. And then, you know, we had Lily Bell, we had Mamie, we had, we had, uh, you know, and there was extensions. There was, there was arms of that family that went out there that, right. you know, included like you the absent. Yeah. Like, yeah, how, right yeah. how is Jamar doing, by the way? Is he doing any better? Jamar's doing good. He's laid up uh, at home with a broken leg from uh, uh-huh. the accident on his bicycle. And, uh, yeah, man, he's. Um, I wouldn't worry about Shamar because he's got a lot of people going and checking on him and he's getting a lot of love and, and, and care. And, you know, my joke is he's spending a lot of time in bed, just not the way he really imagined it. That's all. <laughs> so, um, he's, he's and, and by the way, I, I thought yeah. it was very awesome. I thought it was very awesome that you finally won an Emmy. So, Thank you. Um, <laughs> I was like, I, I, I literally cheered for you. I was like, yay, it's about time. He got one. So um, very good well, work that you did last year. Or wait, whatever year that was. <laughs> well, thank was you. That was, uh, that, well, that was last year. You're right. And yeah. Yeah. The, here's, here's how I felt about it. it. Because that was number two, but the first one, it had been uh-huh. so long, and the first yeah. one was for my second year in, or my first year on Young and the Restless. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that was a younger actor Emmy, and there's always been a lot of controversy shrouding about that, that younger particular. actor. Yeah. Well, yeah, because you have, it's, it's, it's actual, um, uh, the, the age limit is up until you're 25. And so as a, as a young man, you could be competing against a nine-year-old. And, and, and right. that's... That's absolutely not fair to the to the kids. They should have a kid category if they're going to. And I've award. always said that. Yeah, I agree yeah, with you yeah. because that was something I've always said. It's like you had um, actors like, just for example, um, Nick Hayden off of As the World Turns, who was like 15 years old, prenom up against actors like you know Brighton or Van or whoever who are in their 20s, and it's yeah. just like how can you really? put him in the same caliber with these guys when they're, you know, he's younger. So it's, it's they really should have a younger category, I think, like for it's the either, yeah. It's either a, a younger category or an ingenue. You know, you put an ingenue. Right. But yeah. Bottom they line is... They used to have um, an ingenue. They, they used to did. be an ingenue category. You, you are correct. Yes, they did. Yeah. <laughs> for me, it was, um, it was nice, but I tell you, honestly, I mean, I, I've had better years on the Young and the Restless. It just so happened that that particular Emmy Award went for a tape that I submitted that was uh, The Death of Drusilla. And, mm. yeah, you know, it's, it's sure, it's difficult to squeak out tears from your eyes, and you have to go to a, a very dark emotional place. But, honestly, I've had better years on the show, and I've submitted myself for, for those years. And it's kind of a crapshoot, man. You, you know, it depends on who you're up against what the yeah. other storylines are, how, how people that are judging view those storylines, you know, and, and, and so it's, they're nice accolades along the way. You can't put too much stock in them. When people think that Emmys secure your place on a show, they're wrong, or if they get you any more money, they're wrong. It, it just right. it seems to me that if you talk to people about winning that Emmy, they'll probably tell you that they went on backburner status as an actor on the show shortly after winning the Emmy. And, you know, that kind of happened to me, too. I won it, and I thought, yeah. oh, well, now let's see what goes down. And sure enough, the last year, it's been like pulling teeth to get really solid material, except for this ovarian cancer storyline. There's been some nice moments, and even that was a little bit muddled 
you know, with, with certain uh, uh, stages during during the storyline. What would you What would you classify for yourself as your your standout, your favorite moment as the, the playing wheel for so long? What would you say was your favorite? Um, my favorite moment for playing meal. Well, there's been there's been a few. Um, yeah. Oh, hold on, Lola. Uh, um, the 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 storyline at the very beginning of my run mm-hmm. on on the show when Drusilla was uh, a ballet dancer and um, basically being forced by Neil to you know educate herself by sticking to it and, and becoming this classic ballerina. And it was right before their romance really took off. And I'd have to say that storyline was one of my favorites because it was sort of, it was sort of educating Rita. Here's, the, here's this young guy, you know, straight out of uh, Stanford, working for this uh, company, Jabot, and, you know, meets up with this street urchin. And we, they couldn't be more opposite yet. They couldn't be more like each other. And everyone thought right. that, that Neil and Olivia were going to get together. But, you know, they were like fire and water, man, opposite the track sometimes. And I think that was really the magic that, that happened early on. So that would have to be probably my favorite storyline. And then recently, I have to say, one of my favorite scenes was when Neil found out that his daughter, uh, Lily, was not his biological daughter was um, yeah. was his brother's daughter. And he found out in a pretty bizarre way. Um, it was an email, et cetera. I won't go into the details, but those those scenes, which I did submit for an Emmy uh, and didn't get it, were, were some of my favorite, just to play. Um, and there's been a lot, though, Jamie. There really has. There's been a lot of stuff that I've, I've enjoyed uh, doing on the show. The, the alcohol storyline, was one of my favorite periods on the show because I got to show up at work unshaven, didn't have to wear a suit, <laughs> and you know, it was sort of like Mickey Rourke from Barfly. That if you've heard the story, for three weeks before shooting began, Mickey Rourke lived in downtown Los Angeles, became a real alcoholic, smelled oh like God. shit, and and went went on the set, you know, um, completely in character. Well, okay, so I showered, I smelled good, I, I didn't go to the streets of L.A., and I didn't drink any alcohol during my scenes. Only one time did I have a cocktail uh, while we were filming that storyline, and I did it purposely for a particular scene. So, you know, that was, if you remember, the character of Serena came into Neil's life, and then Juice, yeah. so where do they get these names, man? Yeah. Played by Todd Bridges, of all people, from different strokes. <laughs> Holy shit, what's coming next? Gary Coleman in a security outfit? I mean... <laughs> I remember that. That is too funny. Too oh, funny. Oh, All right, Jan. We got to get Thank done. you. Next. Thank, Thank you. Thanks, oh, thanks for Love you, babies. Take care. Okay, we'll talk to you See later, Jan. Thank you. Bye. Well, Bye. Speaking of the character of Lily... Um, another actress who played her, who actually I got the the um, I, I was able to interview her a couple of years ago when she was actually just about to leave the show. Was Devetta Sherwood? Do you still talk to Devetta Sherwood? Have you... uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I said, oh, oh, have you talked to her? You know, kept in touch. I haven't um, actually talked to her 
but we have just started a Facebook relationship, which is another reason why Facebook gets an A-plus gold star in my book for bringing <laughs> people together. I mean, if it weren't for Facebook, I wouldn't be talking to some of my kindergarten friends from way back when. Uh, it just completely mind, it's mind-boggling how the, the network, you know, pulls friends, family, fans. It's, it's remarkable. But, yeah, I, I recently uh, wrote on her wall, and she wrote on mine, and uh, I didn't catch up with her, though, to see exactly where she's at. She's just a very smart young lady, kind of political in nature, always fighting for a cause, and uh, I like her a lot. I mean, I, I'm sorry that it, it actually ended the way it did for her, um, but Crystal Khalil, the original portrayer of, of Lily, uh, did come back uh, at the askance of Lynn Marie Latham, who, who took our show in 2005, 2006, and uh, turned us on our heels and really made some incredibly uh, inventive changes that some people like and some people hate it. And I, for one, i got to tell you, I, I really enjoyed the Lynn Marie Latham uh, year and a half that she was there. Um, I never did I work more. Uh, and we were starting to get back to the roots of, of my character and my family. You know, and one thing that's missing in the Winters clan is the clan itself right now and culture and black culture. Okay. And, and Lynn and I talked about that for quite some time. Let's put some church into it, some God, not too much. We don't want to ram it down anyone's throat, but you want to get something there. You know, we need to be on par with the Newman family. We need to be sitting around at Thanksgiving time around that table, cutting a turkey, holding hands, you know, praying to God, thanking God for another year, you know. And, and same thing at Christmas. We need to be on par with the Newmans and the Abbots. And, you know, a lot of, like I said, a lot of people didn't enjoy the changes that, that she made. She kind of killed the Abbott, she killed uh, the character of John Abbott and made him a ghost. Or No, the new machine made him a ghost. She put him six feet under, and a lot of people didn't like that about her. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's like you said, you know, if they can make Brad Carlton Jewish and incorporate Jewish kind of material into the story, why can't they do that with, with the Winters family, what you just described? You know, not too much church, but a little bit of something, something in there. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, they're just missing the mark by, you know, uh, I'd say a little bit, but it's actually kind of a lot. And, uh, yeah, I, I just read an article recently about sort of, I, I'm not going to necessarily use the word death, but the decline of daytime. And it's because the audience has become a lot smarter in these past nine years, this past decade, than they were in the 90s and they were in the 80s. You know, there's, there's a lot to be said about what the current storylines are that are damaging the reputation of daytime. You know, we don't need to see the, the sperm storylines that have been frozen forever and now out pops a kid. We don't need to see people beheaded and then come back 10, 20 years later. You know, the switching the baby storylines, you know, those are, those are used up. We need to get current with what's happening right now, topical. There's an African-American in the president, the, you know, the Oval Office is the president. You know, the, the, there's a lot that's changed and if we don't flow with the current changes, then there's going to be, you know, some, some hell to pay. And daytime will end up on cable. And then after that, who knows? It will end up on the Internet and then done forever. I agree with that. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I agree, too. Yeah. It's discouraging. It kind of is. It is. I mean, look at what's going on with Guiding Light right now. You know, you can pretty much say, you know? Yeah, yeah. Guiding Light. And then I think I heard um, 
what, is All My Children moving to the West Coast? I mean, what? All My Children's moving to the West Coast, yeah. What is going on? It's just like things I, are changing, and, you know, I don't I don't know if I like these changes. But, Crystal, something that like, actually I talked to you about when you first came on the show before as a guest um, was one of my babysitter's favorite show, actually, but it was short-lived and maybe reasons why, it was, you know, was Generations. What was that like to work on such a groundbreaking show? Well, Generations, uh, for me personally, was uh, a victory <clears throat> because it it was heralded as the first African-American soap opera on daytime. Or, yeah, that's redundant, but first African soap opera. And it really wasn't. It just happened to be that there was a black family. There was an African-American core family that audience members got to tune into weekly. Um, the closest I think daytime had come to that was Angie and, um, and uh, uh, Darnell. Jesse. Back on, on All My Kids. You know, in terms yes, of yes, yes. African-Americans loving on daytime. Uh, you know, we had Phil Morris, Stephanie Williams, John St. Elwood on Young and the Restless back in the mid-late 80s. But, um, you know, Sally Sussman, who created Generations, gave a voice to an African-American family. And not only that, but uh, an affluent, wealthy, astute African-American family. The only problem is, again, you know, we were dealing with a family that was in the ice cream business. Man, you know what? I mean, I don't, I don't use style language that, that much, but fuck that. You gotta get something that's gonna be, you know. Let's let's do a Bob Johnson uh, thing. Let's put a a magazine or you know build an empire, but let's not do ice cream. And then they tried to inject this horrible, you know, when this this upper echelon uh, bougie black crowd with the ghetto five, you know, uh, uh, hood types. Then and it was it was almost like Spike Lee's school days. You know, high yellow versus the dark skin, and it, and it, I, that's the feeling that I got, and and it may have been an undercurrent that that wasn't felt as much as I felt it, but you know, again, it, I was proud to be part of the show because never before had a, a, a African American group of actors had that much material to play, you know, day in day out, week in week out. It's just a shame that it didn't last on the air longer than two years. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And your character on that show actually broke up probably one of the best daytime cat fights I've ever seen between Vivica A. Fox, I forget the other character's name, or the other actress, but you know what I'm talking about. That was one of the best fights I've ever seen, I think, in daytime. <laughs> yeah, that was a bitch fight, wasn't it? That was uh that was Jonelle Allen, um, who's a That's marvelous yeah. actress. She she played Doreen and you can go up on YouTube and check out what uh my man is talking about there. The bitch fight between Vivica yeah. Fox and Jonelle Allen Generations. It'll pop up, but yeah, that was cool, man. I remember it. <laughs> and you know what? The thing was, they were fighting over me, so <laughs> that made it even better. <laughs> yeah. Oh I man. I haven't seen I haven't seen Jonelle Allen in in a long, long time, and I'm wondering what happened to Jonelle because she's a fantastic actress. I know she went Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. But after that, I'm not sure what happened to her. Oh, she needs to come back. He's probably on Facebook. She needs to come back to daytime. Definitely needs to come back. All right. Yeah. She probably yeah. is. You never know. Everybody's on Facebook. You never know. Everybody is. Everybody is. You're absolutely right. 
Ian, let, let's examine one last thing before I, you know, I, I get off this, this, uh, the, the top of the mountain here talking about what I see is wrong. But if you look at the storyline on our show with Adam and Rafe and that whole thing that petered out and turned out to be just such a crock, and forgive me for going there with it, but if you're going to do, you know, an, a, a gay storyline on the show, then do something topical and current. And what could be, you know, more topical than Proposition A, California, but doing a same-sex marriage thing. You don't have to go there with, the, with that character who's going through so many things, being blind, you know, screwing over Victor, doing the thing with, with Mary Jane and all that, the baby with, with Ash. Man, come on. You know, don't <laughs> keep the audience out of a really hot, good storyline that would reflect what is actually happening out there in, 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 our, in our world, in our nation. You know, that's the kind of stuff that bugs me. I mean, maybe Hogan Sheffer is, uh, you know, he wants to write comical stuff with chipmunks and, and all that. And, hey, man, if I get my head handed to me on a platter for saying this, then so be it. But, again, we need to get more family-oriented, get back to the old-school stuff, what originally made this show what it is, the number one status before I got there. You had families. You had love relationships, people talking one-on-one, going back and forth. You know what I'm saying about, and, and there was cheating involved. So you always got to somehow keep some kind of cheating. But not everyone should be <laughs> cheating at the same time. You know, somebody's got to be good and loyal and reputable and stand up. And, you know, it, it's just crazy how everybody at the same time goes down the toilet. There I agree. Let's see, oh. more, let's see more Neil and more Lauren. That's what I want to see. <laughs> That's it. That's it. There you go. And then we got right, these I'm, other people. Yeah, well, we got these. Go we got these other people that agree, apparently. <laughs> more people just wound up getting in on this one, especially after that comment. Let's take this one from 315. Where are you calling from, Erin? Code 315. Syracuse, New York. New York? Okay. Yeah. New York in the his house. What's up, New York? <laughs> What's up? My name's Chris. Um, I watch Young and the Rest of What's well, up, Chris? Welcome. What's, What's up? happening? Nothing. Nothing. What, so what, Nothing. What do you want to what, what talk about? Is there something about the show? Or do you have some comments about what we're, what we're uh, engaged in? Um, um, right now, I don't like Mary Jane because she's crazy. <laughs> but <laughs> she's a good actress. Yeah, she is. She is. Damn, but, that was just brutal. Well, anyways, she's a good actress and everything, but my favorite character is Phyllis and Neil. Nice. Oh, you didn't have to say me just because I'm on the phone now, but I, I love Phyllis too. And I'll tell you, if I had to give you my favorite characters on the show, if I had to only pick two characters right now, one man and one woman, one male, one female, and I'm going to put it out there, man, because he is underrated. He's only won one Emmy his entire time there. He's had amazing work, and that's Eric Braden who plays Victor Newman. A lot of people hate on my boy Vic. Well, you know what? Eric Braden is, was one of the finest actors on daytime, and he has just such an almost cult following. And he's a, he's a man's man, you know? Yeah, sure, there's a lot of ego there. But you know what? He's got big balls. He really does. Yeah, and I admire that about him. He is a man's man. So there's, there's my pick on, on the male. And then the female, I'm going to have to say that it's a toss-up between my girl, Drusilla, Victoria, 
and Michelle Stafford, who plays Phyllis, because there's been so much good stuff with both of them. But to stay true to the medium and, and what I work in day in, day out, and what I've had to work with, I'm going to go with my girl, Victoria Bravo, who plays Drusilla. Definitely all-time wow. favorite female on the show. That's good. Yeah. I like her, go. too. She is a lot too. She's irreplaceable. She's irreplaceable. That's, she really that's is. all I can say. All right, well, Chris, Chris. Thank you so much for calling in. You're welcome. Anytime. Thanks, Chris. Talk to you later. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Take care. All right. I, I got to get this girl in here because, you know, she she was the one that instigated Daniel calling you up on your cell phone the last time on the show. So I have to bring her back to basically bust your balls again. Hello, Shawana. <laughs> <laughs> what you do? You see, it's that sunlight. Hi guys, hi Christoph, how are you? Good. How are you doing? What's happening with you tonight? Nothing. I'm just chilling in New York. Having a good night. Good. I I just wanted to comment about well, so many things that you said, but really, or um, strictly as a viewer, are we're not feeling the uh, Tyra and Neil's relationship because there's no chemistry there on screen. We're not seeing that. And, you know, I guess we can disagree on how talented she is in acting or whatever, but it, it's just not working. She's supposed to be this, you know, feisty, true replacement or whatever. It, it's just not working for us. So we... Okay. Well, no, I feel you on that, and that's uh, that's that's the, the general feeling all the way around. That, um, but you got to remember that just because the network or CBS or the writers had some kind of idea of replacing this, you know, irreplaceable character, Drusilla, um, it's, I don't think it's fair to look at her and, and, and assume that just because she's a pretty African-American no, no. female. And that's what the audience no, no. did. But, but the no, I definitely, line, no. I definitely agree with you that I... Actually, I'm not one of those people who wants Drusilla back, so <laughs> that's fine by me. <laughs> I... <laughs> oh, wow. You're, you're wow. Pretty no, I, it's, she was way too over the top for me. I like more subtle performances, and, you know, that's what it is. No, 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 no. I mean, to I me, as a black woman... As a black woman, yes. So I thank you so much for speaking your mind. It's like honestly, you speak like you speak what you what you feel, and I love that. And that's what I love about daytime is that, and, and Crystal, you can probably agree, is that these the, the fans like Shawana and, and like liquor callers, they will tell you what they like and they will tell you what they don't like, and that's awesome. That there's still some sort of um, discussion about daytime. So I'm happy. That's awesome. Good job. Keep going. <laughs> Absolutely, I couldn't. I couldn't agree with you more, though. But, but look, if I may add, without getting too long-winded, I think what people sure. miss is a voice for the African American female that that I, voice I, has not been filled, and that's what they were trying to do with Tyra. I guess so, but uh, I'm not hearing that voice. But the thing with Drew is like sometimes she was too stereotypical for me, and you know that's not who I am. So I really. It it didn't work for me. Other than that, I respected her as an actress, and I thought she brought, you know, you guys had real good chemistry, and it, it worked on that level. But other than that, you know, 
it was what it was, and I just <laughs> and I uh, and I think um I I remember I met Christian LeBlanc last year, and he said something to me that is so true that um the general city tends to be colorblind, and it, sometimes it can work in favor. It sometimes it can be positive, and sometimes not so much because I mean sometimes they. they there's so many, like you said, they can be, we can have so many topical storylines, and they're not doing that. And the ones they do focus on focus on are the stereotypical ones, you know, kid in foster care, mom's a crack addict, and all those things. So we, <laughs> right. it would really be nice if we'd see some of the things that you suggested. Well, I appreciate that, and maybe we will. Um, you know, they, I think just to sum it up, they have to get back to basics and. Yeah, they do need, you know, more of a voice from, from a, uh, an African-American female. Um, I, I think we were just placed in, in, in the wrong storyline together. You know, if, if she came on the show, that is, I'm speaking of Tyra, the character of Tyra, in, in a different sort of relationship, someone that was closer to her age. I mean, you know, I'm a journeyman on this show, and being a CEO of a company, one wouldn't think that he'd flip his lid after losing his wife, you know, disregard the character uh, of, of Karen, you know, kick her to the curb. Uh, there was a lot of issues with... Yeah, that, that, was, ended that was all kinds of messed up. <laughs> yeah, it was. And, and, and my character was, was not, you know, well-liked uh, after that. And, you know, not of my own doing, but, again, the writers. I mean, it's, it's uh, talk about, you know, ruining uh, a character that's been built up over the years. I mean, Absolutely. you know, it's, 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 it's hard to watch, but, um, you, you know, those, those that watch the show for, for many, many years remember... The good times, and now we're going through this period of, you know, sort of Crap. hoping to rebuild. Yeah. Crap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. You can say it like that. No, no, no. I hear you. I hear you're entitled to to your opinion on that. Yeah, there's been some crappy, no. crap stuff. Yep. And I, I, you made another comment that I still have to agree with. It's like sometimes they're so heavy-handed with certain storylines, and other times we just get, you know. We don't see a character for a week or two, and then every day we're stuck with, I don't want to say any names, but, you know, we're stuck you with know. a whole bunch of crap, and it's, <laughs> but yeah, Novell, you know. So. Yes, I know. No, we know. I do. Know. <laughs> I know who you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I also have to disagree with you on the uh, Eric Braden thing, but let's see. <laughs> well, okay, so, let, so let's, get, let's get your top one male character on the show over the years and female character. You love you said you love Michelle Stafford who plays Phillips. Give me your top, very top male character. Well, I'd have to say Daniel Goddard. He is really good at what he does. And well, uh, you're not so far behind too. <laughs> uh, and I love um, you for saying that, but 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 wait a minute, hold on now. How long have you watched the show? Have you watched since the seventies or the eighties or Well I'm I'm I was born in 1979, so I, okay. and I didn't grow up in this country, but I, I have seen it on and off over the years, and I have looked back at certain stuff, certain things, and I have to say Daniel is who brought me back to Y&R because I left for quite a while because, you know, no, nothing was really pulling me in. Then I got right. interested in him and the whole, you know, Lily Kane relationship, and that kind of really brought me back to the show. The accent, the accent brought her back in. Good, good, good. Uh, yeah, and he's not so bad looking, so. He's young eyes, sure, I feel you. Yes, he's, I have to speak the truth. Yes, you do. You do, you really do. Tawana, thank you so much for calling in. 
Thank you. Thank you. Okay, Let's, um, I look forward to seeing you in L.A. So. Nice. We'll see you at the fan club luncheon on the 28th. Yes. All yeah. right. Thank okay, you. Okay, babe. Yeah. Yeah. Bye. Uh, um, how did I know she was going to say Daniel? I mean, come on, really. That's my little side comment, you know, just saying. Oh, that's cool. Here we go for a moment of levity. Guys, I, I'm sorry. You can hate me later, but love me now. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> okay. Uh, we We've never had a guest do that, by the way. We've never had no, nothing music. No. That's awesome. That's the first time. <laughs> well, I was going to go into my, my 70s, uh, my 70s, name that tune. Here you are, K-R-I-S, FM radio, coming from Southern California. Now, I would, name... I would I would be stumped on that if you did that to me. There is no <laughs> way I would have been able to get that like the last one. There's... <laughs> uh-uh. Uh-uh. All right, all right, all right, 908. You're here in New oh. Jersey. New Jersey, oh. my state, my home state. What's up? What is up? How are you guys doing? Your reward is in heaven for picking me. I'm just so glad I get to say one thing to Christoph because I've never heard him do one of these talks, and I just want to say thank you because I think he's given a voice to something so many fans have been feeling, and it hasn't been mirrored in any of the people who have spoken for the show. So. I don't really want to take up your time because I know we're at the end of your time, but I just want to say thank you for being a beautiful human being and um, thinking about the fans. And for me personally, um, I've, I'm relatively new to the show. I've watched probably in the past three years, and I started the show during the Lynn Marie Lathan years. And for me, the most refreshing thing, like I left General Hospital to watch Young and the Restless because I thought it was so beautiful to see a multi-generational, multicultural cast being featured um, in non-stereotypical ways. And I think a lot of that has gone by the wayside. So for me personally, um, it's just been extremely validating to hear someone who acknowledges what's happening because we all know it's the elephant in the room, but no one's really given voice to it. But beyond that, I think you're, this month for you has been phenomenal. I got to kind of be reintroduced to Neil and I thought your scenes were just tremendous. And um, I, I really hope for you that you um, that they do rediscover Neil, not just in the bedroom, but in the boardroom, and that um, you get the kind of storyline that you're clearly capable of driving and that just makes this so what it could be. It really, when we see you on screen, to me, that is imagining what this soap could be. So I'm just so, I'm not to be condescending, but I'm so proud that um, you were able to speak today and that you were able to do that. And, you know, if if there's a soap god, Victoria Rowell will find her way back on this set. And trust me, there will be about 300,000 viewers who will be just as happy. So I just want to say God bless you. Um, I wish you all the best. And thank you for doing this. And thank you, Buzzworthy Radio, for having him because it, it's such a blessing for him to be here tonight. So oh, well, thank, thank you. you. That was yeah. really, really wonderful. Well, Well said, and thank you so much for... Your generous, kind words. I appreciate that very much. Right, and I just want to say one thing. You were on the show a couple of years ago, and you did not curb your dog. I was wondering if you do that now. <laughs> What's this? Well, what? he, was, he, he was walking his dog, and he's in the woods. And they're like, are you going to pick that up? And he's like, no, no, that's cool. And I was just wondering if he picked that up. 
<laughs> yes, I do. But, I, you know, my, my daughters are actually really old now, and it's terrible to say. I mean, this is, this is going to piss a lot of uh, animal uh, activists off. But, I, you know, I've got blessed my dogs, but I keep going outside and, and looking at them, waiting, waiting to see if they're dead because I've got a 16-year-old and a, almost a 15-year-old. And they just, they're, you know, they're, one's kind of crippled, and God bless her, she's kind of blind. The other one's a little bit deaf. And when I do take them out for walks, um, it, it, it takes a half hour just to get from my, the back of my yard to the front gate to, to get them out. And um, I do curb them, and I love them to pieces. And, uh, you know, I just, uh, they can't protect like they used to. Um, they bark a lot, but they don't, you know, they'll, they'll lick the mailman to death or anyone else <laughs> coming to rob me. And so I'm kind of waiting for them to go to doggy heaven. Oh, don't shoot me, God. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, thank you so much. And really, take care. And I hope to see a lot more of you on the screen. So, all Thank the you so much. Appreciate that. To you as well. To you and your family. Bye-bye. Thanks, Okay, sir. thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Nice. Love callers like that. That's great. Home state, Jersey. You rock. All right. Yeah. Let's, let's breeze through these last three. We can get them in here before you get out. Uh, 757, you're finally on here. Where are you calling from? Hi. This, I'm calling from uh, Virginia. Hi, Nivelle. How you doing? Hey. How are you? I'm good. It was nice meeting you at the, the last Soap Opera Fest with the Angels. It was. I can't wait to it see was, you again. Yes, indeed. Hi, Christoph. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for calling in. Appreciate it. How's your evening going? I'm doing fine, thank you. I just want to... Uh, comment on some of the things you said. I, I was really glad you said that I really wanted to see Neil actually get a company of his own and get out of the apartment. My God, can he get a house? I was just wondering. <laughs> yeah, but you know, that's never going to happen. you got to look what? at, what, well, but you got to look at the budget. Uh, well, no, you don't have to look at the budget, but you got to look at the face of the daytime and mm -hmm. how much money they're trying to save now. Look at Victor mm -hmm. Newman's house. He has not moved out of that ranch in how long, and he's supposed to that be Bill Gates. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so you know, he ain't gonna, he ain't gonna get a a new house or nothing like that. He's saying right way. As a matter of fact, what's funny is <laughs> they have decreased the square footage of my apartment, and they've done that to every set just to to save on costs. So I walked in there about wow. I'd say three months ago, and they had cut off part of the living room and part of the dining room. So if you look very closely at the Winters apartment set. It has been uh, sized down, so <laughs> that's it's become a New York apartment. Nothing. Yeah, I'm just hoping that they don't shelve me and put me in a motorhome, you know, bound to nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> and just to continue with that, um, I would love to see, as far as you know, owning your own company. It will be interesting to see that now Neil is no longer with uh, Chancer, but is actually competing with Newman because of some sort of something he's created for African-American and this fight over that. I think that would be a good storyline for you to go with. And I don't mind you actually being a bad guy. You know, I I wasn't really that affected by the whole Karen thing as far as your character as much because it would be nice to see Neil being a bad guy for a change. He's always been the nice one, and the quiet ones are the ones you have to watch out for. So it would be nice for him to be kind of bad for a little bit. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And I've, al I've also felt that they should explore a dark side of Neil. They tried to do it a couple of times, once with the alcohol, but, again, fell short because of the way that it was presented. I mean, if, if, uh, just to be short about this, 
I went from being a corporate uh, uh, man to falling down on my knees drunk within literally two weeks on the show. That lasted for about three, four months, and then I got sober within a week, and then I was preaching the 12-step program. So, you know, the process wasn't long enough, and it wasn't uh, inside enough. It wasn't an inside job, which I think cheated the audience out of a full recovery. But, you know, that's what they do in soaps. I mean, soap time is different than real time. You know, and then the whole the whole ending with Karen, you know, I have issues with just the way it went down. I mean, yeah, yeah. he had mm-hmm. a right and a reason to do certain things, but it didn't have to be that way. And, and yeah. it, it hurt a lot of the fans that liked okay. the partnership of, of the two. And I think we had a certain chemistry that we, you know, there were glimpses of the Neil Drew thing. No one can really replace that. But it definitely wasn't there like it was, you know, with, with, um, with Tyra. Um, exactly. It was, it was Neil and Karen had had a certain thing about them, and they it was the way they wrote the ending. That's all I had to shoot with. Indeed, and they don't have to bring necessarily like a Drew character back. They could still bring right. uh, a woman of color. It doesn't have to be necessarily African American back to the stage. That it's just a strong character. It doesn't have to, you know, hold the same nuances Fresh, as Drew did. I would okay. actually like to see Neil with uh, Olivia if they were, you know, and like maybe have them almost get married and next thing you know, Drew is back and she's, I know that is pure soap opera, but I would love to see that. That would be an awesome. I think Neil with Jill would be interesting to me. <laughs> <laughs> what? That would be. Hello, cougar relationship. <laughs> I, I would love that. I think that would be very interesting, especially with the uh, Kane and Lily situation. They'd have to deal with their parents hooking up. I think that would be kind of interesting. Yeah, but here's you just said something that um, we got to talk about just for a minute. I mean, let's go back to <clears throat> the interracial pairing of mm-hmm. Neil and Victoria. And yes. uh, there was never anything written in that storyline that talked about the color issue which is either fine or not fine, depending on how you as the viewer view that particular. I think those characters were completely wrong, you know, wrong together. They weren't well matched, specifically because, if you remember, the reason why Neil and Drusilla broke up to begin with and she flew off to Paris was because he wanted his wife barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen making babies mm-hmm. and making bread, okay? She didn't want to do that. She wanted to pursue her modeling career, if I recall correctly. So then he bounced from that relationship. She went to, to Europe, and then he ends up falling at the knees of Victoria Newman saying, I will take care of you. I will take care of your, your baby because she was pregnant with Cole's child, right? And, mm-hmm. and giving up on this whole idea that he had, you know, of, well, I'm going to, you know, basically he, he didn't want a career-oriented woman, and that's all she wanted to do. She was going to run the company. She was going to have the baby, but she was going to run the company. So he wasn't going to get what he really wanted out of it. And, man, the, the hate mail came in because of the black-white issue, man. You know, so you got to look at that again. And, and now if those characters would be right together, I don't think – I think Neil needs to be with – sorry, people, but he needs to be with a woman of color, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's not necessarily my, my belief that, you know, we should stay within our own race. You know, the world is a beautiful, colorful mixture of – you know, it's a melting pot. But mm-hmm. I don't think Neil and Jill <laughs> would be right. You did say Jill, right? Yeah, I thought it would yeah. be funny. I just thought it would be funny and interesting. I, I said Olivia. Pair with the winner sister. Come on, though. That, that's that'd be I've seen that. I've seen that. I've seen that already. So I would like for him to be paired with somebody else. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree. I don't think it would be right to put necessarily Neil and Olivia together. I think it's someone. Oh, and, and please, those that are, that are listening, don't get me wrong. I love all people. I love all people of all colors. But for Neil, I think for redemption at this point in his life, you know, the character of Drew needs to come back, you know, maybe late this year, sometime next year, close the chapter on that, and do they ride off into the sunset together as one, you know, very happy married couple? Who knows? You know, but in the interim, I think it would be wise to explore, you know, roots again and let him go with a, an African-American lady. That's my thoughts on it. Otherwise, you've got to look at who, who else is left on the show. See, I've heard talk about Nina. I don't think that would be necessarily the right pair. Nah, I don't Nina like and Nina. I heard about that. Yeah, no. no. I just think I there should be right. someone new, fresh and new coming in. Um, if they're not going to replace you, then definitely bring someone new, fresh, and interesting, and not like any of the other characters that are there. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go and let someone else get a call in. And um, I just joined you on Facebook yesterday, actually. So I actually like your page. And you guys have a good night, Nabelle. Okay. Um, everybody else, I'm Buzz Riley. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, thank Bye. you. You're awesome. Take care. Right, Bye. You. That's so cool. Yeah. All right. This one is uh, from Canada, actually. And it ain't Nelson. So I can tell you that right off the bat. It ain't Nelson. Um, <laughs> Trish. Sweet. You there? Yeah. Hey, Trish. How are you? I can't How are you? You thought I would be Nelson? Oh, my God. Seriously. Well, you know, he is from Canada, you know. Yeah, Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you may want to be for a while. Trish, what are you doing? What's going on tonight? What's happening with you? Now I think I'm here blogging and talking and Twittering and all sorts of stuff. That's quicker in, huh? Do I, do I detect some kind of Caribbean, uh, a Jamaican accent, something like that, huh? Uh, yes, I am actually from Jamaica. Oh, there you go. I felt it. I felt you on that. There you go. Nice. Um, so what's happening? What do you want to What do you want to talk about tonight? Well, I wanted you wanted people's opinion about Tyra and you know why we didn't really like her per se. But I'm kind of the, one of the ones who originally liked her because I thought she had potential. But then, you know, they gave her the kid, and the kid kind of looked like her mama, and that, you know, it, it just don't work. And then they made her like she had nothing. I think, that, you know, if, if they had brought in somebody that was possibly in the business world or I don't know, but just somebody with a different background, like a stronger person, then yeah. that would have been a better fit for Neil as opposed to someone oh. who's, like, dependent on him and just, it just doesn't work. That's a good point. Yeah, I'm thinking out. Yeah. <clears throat> what do you, so what kind of character, do you like to see a character with uh, more of an educated background, maybe more of a, a peer of Neil's, closer in age, uh, maybe in the business world? No, I mean, she doesn't have to be Neil's culture and age. I mean, she could be young, but, you know, not all black person. Like, every time, it, it's like they were trying to redo the whole Drusilla Neil thing when Drusilla was, like, you know, come from the streets and Tyra comes from the streets. It gets old. Not every black person comes from the streets. So, I mean, some go to school and get educated. Why can't they bring on, like, a well-educated black woman 
for me, I mean, you can still be feisty and well-educated. You don't have to be from the street. I agree. Well, I, I, yeah, I totally agree. And I think they were trying that out with the Karen character. Mind you, I mean, uh, Mia Peoples, I, I love her. I think she's really a, a solid girl. Um, there was controversy when she left and things were said. And, yeah, you know, we I, loved Karen. Karen was good. We loved her. Yeah, I really was a fan of Karen. I liked Karen. Well, I think a lot of people did. and um, But that casting call that had a lot of African-American females in there in the running as well. And I, I kind of remember even Robin Gibbons, uh, I don't think she auditioned, but she was offered the part or a part on the show. You know, really? um, Yeah, <clears throat> and Vivica Fox has talked about possibly returning in some kind of um, capacity. But, um, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. It, it, uh, when, when, a, when a character doesn't necessarily work with... Um, you know, when they're, when they're introduced on the show with a particular um, uh, co-star or, or match, <clears throat> it takes them a while to, to you know, stop the storyline. And I think that's what's happened. Um, if you watch the past three months, there's been a disconnect between the characters of Neil and Tyra. So, you know, again, I just think that she may, she may be wrong for Neil, but right for someone else. It's good possible. You know, it's possible, but, yeah, they just need, I mean, if they want to put me with somebody, they just need to, like, find somebody that would fit that, you know, because, I mean, Jusilla, I I used to like her in the beginning, but then towards the end, they just kind of made her ghetto, you know, and it was just like, okay, (laughs) all right, not every black people is like that, not, we, you know, I mean, yeah, things happen to you, but you don't have to, like, fly off the handle and, and be all up in people's faces and, and you know, trying to, to, it just, you know, there was just a disconnect and it was just like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm seeing this. I'm, you know, like cringing away, like fast forward. She became fast forward material. That's what I heard. A lot of people said they fast forward, but, you know, a lot of people fast forward through anything that I do on the show, too. If you look at message boards, no, no. and I go, yeah, I, I fast forward through anything that Neil and Devon do. I fast forward through anything that Jack and so-and-so do. And, I, yeah, and we no, get but that. I mean, no, but I mean, yeah, sometimes sometimes there are things that, we, you know, I don't want to see or it's just kind of like, okay, okay, I've seen it, I've heard it, move on already. But it was just the way that they were portraying her. Like, you know, I, it was just like, okay, we are not – all like that. Why does it always have to end up being that way? No, you know, I think that, yeah. Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, no, that's okay. Uh, I, just to finish your thought, the and I said this earlier, we're not, soaps have not made the transition <clears throat> that the rest of the country has been making for the past decade. And that's why yeah. we're seeing the decline of daytime, the ratings, etc. I mean, we could talk forever about all the, the you know, the idiosyncrasies of, of the decline. You know, everything from satellite, the advent of satellite television to TiVo to the Internet, where now that's what, that's what we're watching. We're watching shows on the Internet, you know, and that's taken away from network television. But, but we're also missing the mark on the stories, the, 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 the love, the relationships, you know, and, and that's what needs to be re-injected. We're talking about, you know, people of color, it doesn't just have to be African-American. It could be, you know, a representation from 
from Indian, you know, the East Indian yeah. culture. You know, I mean, that's okay. a, there's a great lack on our show of that. And, then, and every so often they'll throw a character on like Raul, whose real name is Raul, but they said, let's soften it and make it Raul. Or they yeah. bring on Rafe, and they call him Rafe. But you know what? I call him, if you watch, what I call him Raphael because that's his name. It's Raphael. It's crazy to me. Speaking of like what Weinar has done for for cultures, I mean, I remember in the in the might have been in the early nineties, remember Jack was getting involved with uh, Luan or Leanne was it Leanne or Luan? I think it was Luan. Juan. Leanne. Leanne Ryan. Yeah. Le- or not Ryan. Yeah. Leanne Love. No, 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 no. The the Asian uh, Juan. Luan. You're not Luan, listening. That's oh. it. Yeah. Kimo's mom, right? Was it? He was a yeah, Kimo's mom. Yeah, Kimo's mom. And that's what, I thought that was great because it was like it wasn't, you know, she didn't, she wasn't into karate or she wasn't into, you know, whatever. She they they had a normal. I mean, their their daughter was a lawyer and and Kimo was I think maybe studying to be a lawyer, or a doctor or a lawyer or something. They they had normal people, so I think that to that point, that's what you know. It was fun to watch that. It was really good to watch that. So I I totally call her. I totally see where you're coming from, and I agree with you. Yeah, and you then know. they had Gene Min, and they just killed him off. You know, we liked him. We wanted him to stay. Yeah, a lot of people did. Yeah, a lot of people liked his character, and um, I don't know why he was let go. I, I yes, can't, can't tell you. I, if, I were, if, I were, if I were writing the show, if I were in charge of the show, you know, I would have brought on uh, an Asian writer or two, and then absolutely an African-American writer, if not two or three you know, to propel the storylines and to keep current with what's going on, the pulse of the culture, you know, and, and it only makes for better writing and television and, and better sales, I think, foreign. You know, I mean, imagine what we could do uh, abroad in Asia if we had a current Asian storyline on the show, you know. Yeah, you know. I mean, there are lots of possibilities that to, you know, get new fans in there, but they keep with the same storyline and, and – the viewers are like, okay, I've seen this, you know, come on, give me something better. Like, you know, get back to what, you know, the families, which is what we really want to see. Not everything has to be like somebody's stealing somebody's baby or if they're breaking up a couple, they always bring someone else into the picture. You don't need a third party. I mean, there are a lot of issues that you can cover that, you know, that kind of either pulls a couple together or rips them apart and, it, you know, it seems like they always constantly bringing in somebody else or repeating the same storylines, and it's just kind of like, okay, all right, I've seen it. What, what, what do you have for me next? Like, you know, move on already. You know? It gets old. It gets old, darling, and that's what you're saying. Yeah. Well, I, hey, I thanks for you. calling and, and voicing an opinion. I think that's awesome, and I think that's so cool that you called all the way from Canada. You're welcome. I'm going to be in L.A. at the end of the, the month. I don't know if I'm coming to the wine or dinner, though, but... Well, oh, you should. You well, should. I'm, going to the, I'm going to the JM and, and, and DG event, so I will, I'm still trying to work it out because I want to go to Cuba after L.A., so I'm still trying to figure out how that will work. So we'll see. Nice. I'll decide it next week. Nice. Oh, great. Well, we're, we're looking forward to seeing you uh, at, the, at the dinner, and, and uh, we'll wrap that. All right. Take care. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for calling in. You're welcome.
Now, I, I, do, I do have a question for you, and, um, you know, we've been speaking very candidly and very openly and everything, and, uh, you know, you you do have the option of telling me you don't want to answer or no comment what I'm about to ask, but, uh, you know, we've been, we, we have been mentioning about the, the character Karen on the show, who was played by Mia Peoples. I, I do love the woman. She's a very great actress. And and one of the things that I did want to mention, um, because I, I, I was not, I, I did hear about this interview. I wasn't too fond of the comments about um, when she said that you were not prepared on set when she did scenes. I did not like how that came off, and I, I you know, it it just seemed a very, it just seemed very flippant to me, if I could use that word. Uh, but uh, you know, I don't know if you heard about that or if you had an opinion mm-hmm. about that or you wanted to comment on that. So I just to sure. That you. Sure. Um, yeah. The uh, that particular uh, interview, if you talk to Mia Peoples about it, she will tell you which she told me out of context, meaning this. Those words were actually said, but they were said in a different light. And so often it's all about shades during a, you know, a conversation that you have with someone. And that was, I think, done on a similar sort of venue like tonight, she did that uh, on a radio show. Yeah. And then it was taken down from audio and put into print, and only uh, certain words were used, and the slant was a serious one as opposed to the interview that she did. And I never listened to it. She asked me to listen to it because I called her about it. I said, hey, what's up? You know, we hold on one second, Lola. I'm talking. Um, I'm, hold on one second, Lola. Um she she told me that that she meant everything in jest, and it was a very funny sort of way of saying, "Hey, listen, this is what we're dealing with." You know, she's asked the question of, "What's it like working with these characters on YNR?" Let's start with Christoph St. John. Oh yeah, well, and and in jest, she goes, "Ah, oh, the guy's never prepared. He comes to the set, he doesn't know his lines, blah blah blah." You know, and sure, that happens to all of us. It happens to the best of us. Oh, it happened to the guy, the, the, the guy that I, you know, said I, I, is one of my is my favorite male character, Eric Brin. I mean, quite often he'll come to the set and he doesn't know his lines, and you know he'll he'll learn them on the spot. But <clears throat> you know, it, it it was taken it was taken much more serious in that secondary interview. The first time, if you listen to that, was what which is what you told me. It was all done in jest, in fun, very light humored. You know, and then there's been some serious things said about the character of Tyra and even Marcel. And I can tell you this, they didn't get along. The two ladies did not get along on the show. And and this was, um, you know, not right from the beginning. It sort of developed over some weeks and months. And Nia has commented about that before. And, and you know, I'm, I'm not going to go out on a limb and tell you exactly what their issues were, but I can tell you that, you know, definitely towards the end, um, it, it was it was not that pretty. There were moments that I thought, oh, I, I'm going to have to step in between the two of them. <laughs> wow. So, wow. Yeah, you know, and that's and that's news for you. But you know, all the other stuff that that was said in that in that interview was uh, was definitely you know lighthearted stuff, and that's what happens in the press. That's what happens, right? Thanks so much for, for being honest with that. Before you go, we would love for you to record a promo for us. We have all of our guests here, including your best friend, Daniel Goddard. He's, he's recorded a few for us. Are you up for it? You want to do it? 
Of course. What do you want me to do? I, 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 I'm not selling out, am I? I'm not showing up no, to somewhere to do the radio no, show live and in person for the next six months out of my life, am I? <laughs> no, this is what I look forward to. You can just say, hey, this is Christopher Johnson, Young and the Restless, and you're listening to Buzzworthy Radio, or you could totally put your spin on it and, and improvise and do whatever you want. But it's up to you, and whenever you're ready, we will totally record it. You ready? Yeah, sure. Let's go. You tell me when. All right, we're ready. Okay. Hey, hey, this is Christoph St. John, a.k.a. Neil Winters, coming to you from Southern California from KRIS. This is Buzzworthy Radio, your number one station for fun-loving under the sun. Keep it tuned right here every every month, every day. You know what? I See, if I improvise, it's going to get jacked up. But I'll end it with peace, love, and light from your man, Neil Winters, a.k.a. Christoph. There it is. <laughs> Love it. That's awesome. I like that. I even like the part where he says, if it's improvised, it's going to get jacked up. I'm, I'm going to keep that, though. That, that, that's good. Leave it just how it is. Because you know what? I was trying to riff, and then I lost my train of thought. See, you tried doing an interview for this law with your six-year-old, you know, and then she got She's getting a little, you know, she wants to uh, to go out and, and, and do the video store, the Blockbuster, and I had to con her into sitting still and watching uh, SpongeBob. So now she's looking at me and she's trying to tug on me, you know, to, to go on the Blockbuster. So that's what we're <laughs> well, having. I think you better go on the Blockbuster then. <laughs> yes, sir. And yes, also, sir. we got we to gotta wish Navelle J. Lee a happy birthday. It's his birthday tomorrow, so happy birthday, Navelle. Oh, well, thank you very much. I appreciate You're that. Welcome. Thank my man, Navel J. Lee, my man. So it's going to be um, your birthday. How old are you going to be or how how young are you going to be? 24. 24. 24. 24. Yeah, I'll, I'll be a little cynical here and say I remember 24 and enjoy it while you can. <laughs> I I am trying. I am trying. So hopefully, uh, well, <laughs> yeah, you'll enjoy it. He'll enjoy yeah, it. I yeah, I will. Christoph, thank you so much for coming on. It was an honor talking to you. You, like I said, you, you're you are one of the coolest people we've ever had on. You're you're so you're honest, and and that's what we love in a guest. And you really you, you give a great interview. So thank you so much. You're very welcome, and Navelle, this is for yeah. you. Happy They changed it this year. They're charging a little bit more, and they said, hey, instead of lunch, we'll throw you a little bit of chicken in the, at, at nighttime, and we'll charge you 20% more. I know, exactly. What, that, what is that? But I'm going to go anyway, so, you know, there you go. There you go. All right. Well, cool, man. We'll, we'll catch up with you there. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Nabelle. All right. We'll see you. Okay, guys. Bye-bye. And now a classic Buzzworthy Radio moment. How you doing, 512? Hey, guys. It's Brandon again. How you all doing? Hey, Brandon, welcome back to the show. I didn't dream I'd actually get on again, but I'm I'm thrilled to talk to Teo. Hi, Teo. Hello. Uh, listen, I, my name is Brandon. How are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. I thought you were uh, Brandon from the show. Go on. <laughs> I got to talk to Eileen Davidson a few weeks ago on this show about her work on Santa Barbara, and I kind of want to ask you the same thing. You were on Santa Barbara the final year. 
And yeah. I know that I know that some promises were kind of made to you that were aborted, uh, thanks thanks to circumstances beyond your control. But I'm just wondering how you enjoyed working on that show, how you enjoyed working with Kim Zimmer, uh, and if you know where the storyline would have headed had the show not gone off the air. Well, you know, we had a producer that was not the most ethical person in the world. I, I was really very upset with him because when he called me onto the show, he said that Kim Zimmer and I were going to go to um, to Italy, to uh, Lake Como, for this love story. And as soon as I signed my contract, he said that they couldn't do it anymore. So that didn't start well. I love working with Kim Zimmer. She is a hoot. I remember she slapped me three times so hard... I saw stars. <laughs> I remember even she grabbed me by the balls once just to see what I would do. She was, she was a character that really tests to see um, where your chutzpah lies. Oh, yes. I remember telling her that if she did that once more, I was going to punch her right in the face. But we had a good relationship. <laughs> we, uh, we have never heard that on the air. That is the I first you time. Thought, I think you made it once you were slapped in the face by Kim Zimmer and Fee Stars and the grabbing well, they kept saying that it didn't get the take properly. And I had to do the take three times. And every time, she hit me harder and harder. And and then when it came to the fourth time, I just grabbed her by the wrist and brought the wrist down. I wasn't going to let her. I, I said, I'm not your punching bag. And that was it. But she loved it because then from then on, you know, she thought, oh, he stands up to me. So, you know, there are certain women you work with that... Uh, have a lot of inner strength, and they test you. And if you don't meet the medal, then, you know, they do things. <laughs> that was the Crystal St. John interview that actually aired the day before my birthday, August 6, 2009. Uh, you can never forget something like that, especially with what was said in, in that show, which then stems to the next interview that we are about to showcase to you again, and that was with Victoria Rao, who had played the role of Drusilla Barber Winters on CBS Daytime's Young and Restless for 17 years on and off from 1990 to 2007. A little backstory, she actually heard the Christophe St. John interview, and she, and this is basically um, hearing it from different people within the industry after she had heard that interview, she basically was listening to it, and <laughs> she was like, did Crystal really say this? And that, that's pretty much what I heard uh, about it. And I was I was shocked because I was like, wow, Victoria Rao listened to that show, listened to a show that we did with him that, that, that actually floored me beyond recognition. So when I had heard that she wanted to be on the show because of that interview, I absolutely, of course, said yes. And I, I loved every minute of having her on the show, not once, but twice. Here's a second interview that we did with her. Not the first one we did. This is the second one. I preferred the second one a lot better because we really got down to it in the second show. And I hope you guys enjoy it as well. Here is our interview with Victoria Rao that we just recently did back in March of this year. Victoria Rao is joining us on the line right now. How Hi. are you? Nice to speak with you again. I'm so glad that you're back with us again. Oh, this is so much fun. I love it. I love I love the fact that you're here. You're dishing with us yet again for the second time on the show. You know, as I said, before you got on the line, we don't know what we're going to expect when we get you here, which is it's just a thrill. It's just a ride. I'm enjoying it. Let, let's get the ball rolling. I know we want to talk about the book. I know that we've been seeing your tweet profusely in the last couple of days. 
I got questions coming in left and right from every single person underneath the sun. So let's just get right into it, shall let's we? Let's get right to it. That's All what right. I love about Buzzworthy. We get right to the buzzworthiness. We do get right to the buzzworthiness. And I want to – I actually have to I have to start it off right now because pretty much this is what I got hit with the first moment I got here to my computer, to my studio, looking right at it. The first thing I saw, which is probably about four hours later after they first posted this, was about Y&R and the character of Simone. And I'm just, like, reading all about this throughout the entire point of the day. And everybody's pretty much asking me, what is Victoria Rowell's impression of this whole entire thing? Well, like, what I, was her what was her first thought? And I'm like, you know what? Why don't we just go ahead and ask her right up front, right off the block? Let's get right to it. What are your thoughts about this when you read this? Well, it's clearly a plagiarism of a extraordinary character, um, Drusilla Winters, and yes. I have systematically watched the show pick away at this sterling character like she is a used piece of Abbott furniture. And uh, mm-hmm. I feel that there is no respect um, for 17 years of hard work that I invested in this character. I think yes. that the fans obviously know that I built that character. It wasn't in the script for her to wear hats. It wasn't in the script for her to say he cooked my last grit. It wasn't in the script mm-hmm. because I brought my own branding um, to the character and that they are picking away at that and um, suggesting that it is not um, worth salvaging um, is a travesty. Yeah, I, don't think the, I don't think the fans are going to buy into this. The fans are not blind. Oh, absolutely not. I mean, it was pretty much an uproar out the entire day. As soon as they heard and read this, that it was complete and utter fabrication of Drusilla Barbara Winters. And Victoria Rowell is this part. You made this part. I, I am not going to deny it. I'm coming right out on all barrels. I am saying it right now. You are Drusilla Winters. And I know people say that roles can be replaced. I don't think you can replace that with anybody else. You can't do it. Because you brought your own, like you just said, you brought your own brand to this part that no one else can do. I brought my experience, I brought my brand, and that's why the character has been enduring. And like when Eric Braden was temporarily off the show and there wasn't an expectation that he was going to be brought back, but Eric went barrels, drawn, you know, he went full bore ahead and... Mm-hmm. uh what he worked his magic and he got back on the show, but I know that he was met with quite a bit of resistance. Um, and he's a character that is not replaceable. Yes. I mean, if you don't have an I Eric Braden on the show, quite frankly, you don't have the Young and the Restless. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that there was that troublemaker actor that had some snide remarks to make about Eric while he was not on the show, but I know his face was cracked when he saw Eric show back up. I love it. I love Eric. <laughs> but that's Eric, Simone. Eric, I love Eric. I love Eric Braden to death. I had we love Eric Braden. But back to Simone. I mean, this is just another yeah. um, example of uh, the show attempting to reinvent Drusilla. And um, to me, it's sad. 
if you think about it, because I actually had this point brought to me today, and I completely forgot this, uh, the role of Tyra, when that character was on the show, they were saying that she was supposed to be a Drusilla-esque as well back then. And look at what happened with that point. It didn't pan out, obviously. Um, and this is well, just yeah. another attempt to try to do that again with this character of Simone. I mean, I, I'm just seriously just sitting here thinking, like, how long is well, it going to take I'm just wondering who's sleeping with who, quite frankly. Let's get to the skinny. Because actors mm-hmm. who take pay cuts do not have power except what the power gives them to have. So now I'm curious who's sleeping with the power. Mm. Because someone is, um, um, you know, swapping spit somewhere. Don't you think they should just, like, cave and just, like, just go ahead and just, like, ask you back? I mean, forget the fact that, just forget the fact that, you know, just put this out there. Let's just forget the fact that there are issues between cast members and Mm. others amongst the cast. Let's just forget that. And there always are. There there always always are. Are. I mean, I think There's the no difference in this particular scenario, the, truly, the difference in this particular scenario is, first of all, they have never been met with a strong black personality like my own. Um, mm-hmm. And I would dare say a lot of the people that are dealing with brown-faced people are doing their yard work or cleaning their homes. And I'm just going to go there and put that right on the table. And so when yeah. you come to work with me, you come prepared. And uh, I think, and no, I know, that that did not work well with certain individuals. And um, I got that level of um, pushback uh, my, on my second day of work in 1990 with an actor that didn't want to run lines with me. So when people say, oh, how could you stay in such an acrimonious environment? I said, listen, darling, if I, if I caved based upon that, I would have been gone on my second day on that show. Mm-hmm. I never knew that. No, so I don't, I don't know that, that this is something that is um, something that they've ever had to deal with before. And because I am black, this is an issue. So let's stop not wanting to talk about this issue. Because okay. I am a character that came on the show that was not in an apron uh, that uh, was not going to do a storyline in whiteface because we know that's what Stephanie had to do, and we know that's what Philip Morris did. I wasn't even going near that kind of material. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that, that I was going to talk about diversity not only in front of the lens but behind the lens, and it was the behind the lens material that I wanted to discuss that ruffled the feathers because that's talking about an investment in brown and yeah. clearly there still isn't an investment in brown because in 37 years there still is not a black scribe on the show so not everyone wants me back at the table because it's not just about drusilla putting on a hat and reciting her lines victoria rowell stands for equality around the table it just reminds me of that quote that you said uh the last time you were here on the show, they're intimidated by a woman of power who is an African-American. Yeah. Which I still find to be so true. Like, how come you can't have an African-American woman in that kind of position that Tricilla was in when we last saw her before she went over that cliff? But I'm just saying. Uh, you know, no, she and I tried to, you tried to build on, uh, you tried to build with a company. And that was certainly 
what Bill Bell certainly inspired in me was to build, to get, to get better, to do as much as you can do. And so the idea of writing and directing for The Young and the Restless made all the sense in the world to me. And then to hear back from Barbara Bloom that, oh, we've never done that before. Haven't done what, Barbara? Haven't hired an actor as a director-writer or haven't hired someone of African-American descent. Which is that? Because that's extremely nebulous. Right. And that came right. through my agent. That that information. Um, we're the number one soap opera in the country, and have been licensed in over a hundred countries. How can you be licensing your show on the continent of Africa, showing two and three times in the Caribbean, and you don't have anyone behind the lens of color to really speak? That doesn't of? make sense, does it? See, that's, that's it doesn't make sense. Out. It doesn't that's make sense. a little backwards. Add backwards. But never mind. Let's take the the black piece off the table for a minute. Why aren't you empowering your actors to do more than recite lines? Why aren't you allowing them to direct and possibly write for the show, even as an apprentice, so that they get the experience? So they have an idea of what they're working with. Yeah, it's called control. Like like how Susan Flannery used to do on The Bold and Beautiful. That's what she does. And she does. Mm Mm-hmm. That's what she does. I mean, Bradley Bell is 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 thinking and has always thought ahead, and he's always been smart in flipping the Y and R talent over to his show. And I'm sure he's criticized yeah. for it. But it works, though, doesn't it? In your opinion, it doesn't work. Thank you. Agree. I gotta ask though. Do you think that Bill Bell was the only one that was able to, or knows exactly what Drusilla? Winters is. No one else is able to comprehend who she is except him. Do you think? Um, I think Jack Smith was a close second, but Bill okay. and I, of course, had a friendship off the off the set. So he absolutely understood what made me tick, and it was what made him tick too, and that was the work. We okay. loved the work. And we loved collaboration. And, um, you know, obviously I miss him tremendously. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah. Very good. And he respected me, and I respected him. And, um, you know, not everyone was excited about our relationship. You know, they were kind of like jealous of that kind of relationship. Kind of. Oh no, honey. Let's they call were. it spade a spade. Uh huh. <laughs> All right, let's change that. They were okay. They mm-hmm. were jealous of that relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but but I mean, but seriously, you, you got to think like, why would they want to be? Like, why should they be? I didn't know There's anyone. No you know, and that's a great question because I didn't know anyone on The Young and the Restless that wanted to work as hard as I did and do. Mm-hmm. You know, I had three jobs. And I don't Great. know anyone on that show that wanted three gigs. You had that. You had Diagnosis Murder. And, and I was, was always doing one? a film or an independent, and I still do. Uh-huh. I didn't know yeah. anyone else that was, you know, leaving skid marks in the parking lot trying to get to a commercial audition because people become complacent. They want to collect a check, and they mind their business. They bury their heads in the sand. They don't care that you a young work. black girl was passed over for Melody Thomas Scott and Ed Scott's daughter, who was a trainee. 
Nobody's caring about that young lady who's crying in the corner because she's been on the show for 10 years and she keeps getting passed over, Nora Wade. Nobody cares about the cameraman, the black cameraman, who's no longer on the show. And I say, dude, where, where are you? He said, Vicky, I couldn't take it anymore. So nobody wants to talk about that. But yet people find a way, like Christoph St. John found his way to me last summer saying, Vicky, we need you. You know, they, they barely work me. Why are you coming to me for, brother? I told you a decade ago that we had to build this. So this very thing that you're complaining about would not be happening. Don't come to me now and say they're only working me twice a month or Brighton twice a month. I told you that if we didn't band together, divided we would fall. Mm -hmm. You heard that show that he was on when he said that, too, by the way. Oh, yes, Um, and then he proceeded to be told to keep his mouth shut. I then was told that he was unceremoniously uh, informed that he might be going on a three-month hiatus. Now, whether that is true or not, and I tend to believe it is, I haven't heard from Brother since. Really? So you tell me. Mm. So we still are dealing with these antiquated uh, ways of uh, intimidation. You have no power. And... uh, Read the lines and go home. Right. So how 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 much have we gained since 1990 when I was trying to build a brand and build for the next generation and get black hairstylists and black makeup artists and get some, some color around the table, not necessarily black, but black and brown people at the table behind the lens and build a cast of eight people, which we I haven't. saw shrink before my eyes. We haven't gained anything. In fact, we lost everything. If you think about it, because if you if you're gonna let 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 let's rewind let's rewind that. Um, like you said, Crystal was only like working what you said twice a month, twice a month. I'm sure he's. I'm sure at the time he was very very concerned. I understand he has more play now, but I hear Brighton McClure. The fans tell me he works maybe once a month. How does an Emmy award winning actor of his Acumen, work once a month. Use that quote. I I use this quote everywhere I go because it's in my signature. You can't write what you don't know. You and and how are they able to write for him? They don't know how to write for him. It's like this character has been on the back burner for how long now? And they're trying to put him into a relationship with Ashley. I love Eileen Davidson to death. I do. She's my girl. But. This isn't going to work. This isn't going to work. That's not going to fly. That is scraping the bottom of the barrel. That's scraping the bottom of the barrel. And the issue is that I bring it, and I don't bring just what's in front of the camera. I don't just bring my hats to the set and my pressing combs and everything else I need to do to make Drusilla right and what you've enjoyed all these years. I invest in the character. But I also bring about the politics and I attempt to close the chasm of divert of lack of diversity that exists uh, on the young and the restless. Yes. Because now it I have like no problem. Again. Hmm? I just, it just feels like everything is just like segregated all over again, you know? It well, just, it is what just, it is, and then you get branded. You get branded for being D for difficult instead of B for brown and brave, and mm-hmm. no one else is caring about, that I know of, 
Because no one ever knocked on my dressing room door and said, Vicki, I'm with you on this. You're right. We do have to bring about some change. And, oh, my God, our cast is shrinking. Oh, my God. Right. Where's Mamie? Where are the parents? Where's Keith Hamilton Cobb? Where's Nathan? Where's Little Nate? Where is the black existence of a show that is number one because of a predominantly African-American audience? People, wake Thank up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We're the ones buying the pine saw. <laughs> wake up. Thank it you. It is the advertising Thank dollars you. that keep the young and the restless at number one, not you one at a time watching the show. Advertisers, Procter & Gamble, products keep you the power of your purse keeps the show at number one and if you don't believe that then you're under a rock i know this and when an actor like me is a businesswoman and knows this that scares people and oh no we cannot have that voice around here oh no no so don't get it twisted it's more than spanks and hairspray baby that's right thank you thank you and also, also I, I had I had to ask this too because I know you had an opinion about this as well when they recast the role of Malcolm with Darius McCrary. And oh God, <laughs> I I I have to admit, and I know everybody who follows me on my Twitter, follow me on Twitter, Buzz Radio. Radio. Um, I have to admit, I was not happy with this one. I came right out and said it. I said this this is this is. Let an me ask epic you a question. Tale. Let me ask you a question. Did you I see the baby? Did 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 you see the baby that they cast for Drusilla back in the day? Now God no. bless that little child. But no, we had they had we had nothing in common. Okay. Oh, the little the little girl and back the in thing, okay. Yes, and the thing about casting, which is always going to be an issue for black actors, is Kenya try to cast us as though we come from the same family gene pool. And so the lack of integrity around either casting black family or attempting to look at what the fans would like to see is never really respected. I asked six, eight years ago, for casting to consider not always casting mixed-race black people. I thought it was an insult to us as a black people that everyone that they cast, they considered black as long as you were mulatto. And they got a lot of heat for that. Oh, yeah. So I said, do you think you might cast somebody chocolate? I would like to have a relationship with a brother that's not... That's not mixed race. I mean, that became an issue in fan mail, in casting, and mm-hmm. I never got to see that happen for myself on the show, unfortunately. But as far as the recasting of Malcolm, look, um, Shamar Moore was iconoclastic, and people oh, would have wanted to see more of a likeness of Shamar Moore, not to take anything from the actor that was cast, but they should have created a new character for that particular actor because why would you put him through that? I agree. That's pretty much what I said about it. Just create a new role for him, not cast him in the part that was 
iconic that was made because of Shamar Moore. Exactly. It, I don't know. It just it just seems that the show as a whole has more problems besides the diversity that's not being shown in the show than everything else. Oh, let me, it's just oh, like a lo- just dish. Tell me what's going on. <sighs> what's the latest? Where do where, <laughs> first of all, where do I start? I mean, like you said, YNR is not YNR unless you have Aaron Brain and Victor Newman on the show, which I agree with. But where is Nikki? You know, where is Melody Thomas got now? She's she's now reduced to recurring status. Excuse me. Is she? Why are you putting her on? Why are you putting her on the back burner? Is she on the back burner? She is now. I found out a few days ago she's now on recurring status. Okay, well let's say me. we're on a Viking stove. Say we're in front of a Viking, yeah. How far back okay. is she on the Viking stove? Is she three burners back? <laughs> uh, how about not being shown at all except like once in a blue moon now? Wow. That's mm-hmm. she's way back without a pilot light. Uh huh. Way back without a pilot light. That's you know, a, I that actually watched good. it. I've been I was watching it a few times and I said, Where the hell is Nikki Newman? Mm. Like where is she? Seriously, mm. where is this what woman? If, and why if, and why is it? Why is it? Why is it? That everybody on this show, especially the women, why is it that these ladies that are on this show need to get brain implants? <laughs> they are so Wait dumb. a minute. Where, so, where, <laughs> where is my sister? I'm afraid to ask where Olivia is. Oh, homegirl gone. <laughs> homegirl, Olivia. homegirl gone. She ain't seen anymore. No, she's not. She ain't anywhere to be found and not a hospital in anywhere. Now, All okay, let me just make this here. point. Let me make this All point. All right, go ahead. Let me go make ahead. this point. You have a Victoria Rowell who speaks the truth. Yes. Who shows up to work, brings in her own hats, even though they criticized me and said nobody's interested in your hats. Hmm, right. We love the hats. We love, we the, love hats. the hats. Haters. But <laughs> then you have my sister who's played by the lovely Tanya Lee Williams, who minds her own business, reads the lines, recites them, and goes home. And they don't play her either. So you see, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. As far as I'm concerned, if you look look at the landscape of the African-American cast, it is perceived as unimportant because systematically, though I left of my own volition to pursue a writing career, one which I tried to get with YNR first, I want to make that perfectly clear and was denied, what am I to do not to try? Well, I did, and I got on the New York Times bestseller list. And, oh, oops, did I mention on May 4th my next book drops, Secrets of a Soap Opera Diva. Get your copy. Mm. But we're going to talk about that soon, I hope, about the book. Oh, I'm looking forward to that book dropping. Yes, we're talking about the book tonight. Oh, yes. Yes, we are. But I tell you what, I'm tired of these women having to depend on men like they're nothing but, you know, they're clinging to them as if they're lost dogs. Where are are the strong women that we had on the show? I'm like, is the only one that's strong on the show Catherine Chancellor now? 
What happened to the rest of the strong cast? Why is Jill Foster Abbott now a weakling? Why no, she's is not. don't tell me they watered her down. Jess Walton's one of the best actors on the show. Thank you. She's Thank one of you. the best actors. She could go anywhere. There there are so, there's a handful of actors, well, maybe three, that could go anywhere and get a gig. Okay, I'll up it to five. I'll up it to mm-hmm. five. Who could go anywhere and get a gig? Um but and Jess is one of them. Mhm. And I know I know you love her too, Sharon Case, another one. I love I've been liking I've been loving her performances, I really am. But it's just like, oh my God, they could give her so much more. Well here's the other thing. here's another theory. You can't write what you don't know. Again, that, and if yeah. you have a Victoria Rowell come back, who is going to write for her? Because at least I've been always I've been always able to work it out if the okay. lines weren't precisely there. Because that's our job as an actor. We have to manifest. The lines are there, but we have to fill in the gaps, so to speak, with the acting. Get it? Acting. Acting. So if the line isn't even on the page to work with, then um, you're kind of SOL. So I'm sure it has crossed um, the minds of some that, well, we really don't have a scribe necessarily that can write the powerful work that we know she's capable of doing. And and that's really a consideration right yeah. there. You I, I think my blood pressure is going to go up in a minute. But because I can't sit because, darling, I can't sit at a table weeping over some artichokes. <laughs> and they know that. I love it. It's true, though. It is true, though. And I, I and before I take this this caller who's been waiting patiently on the line, I'm telling you right now, you have so much love coming from this board that I, I am a, a member of. I'm a part of Daytime Royalty saying that they are freaking loving you right now. They wish you are back on the Y&R, like, profusely. I, I mean, oh, but you they're know what? They're drove, showing me man. love. But you know what? They're showing me so much love. You push me up to uh, on YouTube's front page as most watched webisode. I have 17 foreign honors already. I'm feeling nice. like Lady Gaga a little bit my own little way. Um, what else can I tell you? Uh, Donna Summer has come on board, and I'll oh, be over at Wendy Williams' show, and Monique and Extra mm-hmm. and Access Hollywood all coming out to support the Vixter and Secrets of a Soap Opera Diva. And kids, if you have not checked out my website, you know I created it just for you. Log on to Secrets of a Soap OperaDiva.com. You will not be disappointed. And one more thing. Yes, I'm dropping my debut song, Stink of Blood with a Pine Salt Chaser, on April 13th, and I am rapping it. I can uh, yeah. it. Yes, we saw, I saw the preview of it on the website. I actually was loving it. That you was see? that was hot. That iTunes, was hot. you can download it on iTunes April 13th. Keep it moving. 
April 13th. All right. I, I, I got to put that on my calendar now. Yeah, I do have the website. I do have the website on this site, so you guys do have it, so you will be able to see it just in case you missed it. I want to uh, creature who was no good. This so delicious diva was never understood. Hated by my cast, but loved by my fans who stomped their feet and clapped their hands. Extra, extra, read it and weep. Slipped off a cliff, ain't heard a peep. Cut to commercial, oil overlay. Bump my head, amnesia, they say. Stink of blood with a pine salt anyway. That's all for now. Oh, I was in it. I was in it. <laughs> no, stop now. Come on. Keep it going. I'm yes, telling you what. That was hot right there, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> All right, Phil. Phil, I know you're there. I know you wanted to talk to her for a long time. You have the floor. You're on the phone with Victoria Rao. What's up, man? Hey. Hey, how's it going, man? Hey. Hey, how are you? I'm good. That's good. I'm a huge fan. Whoa. Um, and I have to agree, um, definitely uh, with what Y&R, uh, when I heard that news today, it's definitely uh, disrespectful for um, for all the work that you put into that character, you know. And yeah, thank it's, you. Uh, definitely not cool, that's for sure. Um, and I was wondering, like, kind of if you if you thought that there like might be some racism going on there a little bit. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm a I'm a white I'm a white dude personally, but yeah, um, I I love black people and I believe in equality and stuff. So yeah. Um, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, quite frankly, yes, mm-hmm. and that you would never, they would never try to recast Nikki's character or Eric Braden's character of Victor or mm-hmm. or Mrs. Chancellor, there'd be riots, right. and that it's not even a consideration mm-hmm. that they pick away, as I say, at the Drusilla character now for years. Um, and try to um, suggest that this is all original when so much of the character is is my blood, sweat, and tears. Yes, and tears. Um, and, and in creating this character, and they marginalize its importance and and the work that I have put into it. Yeah, I don't know anyone else that's won as many awards as I have portraying Drusilla Winters and be treated with such disrespect. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's very disrespectful. I mean, especially to your fans too, you know. Especially like, to the fans. Yeah, I mean, obviously to you, but you know, and the fans too. I mean, it's like, it's not. It's definitely it's crazy. It's just the show isn't like. I don't really even like watching the show when you're not on it because it's just not the same, you know. Um, it's not going to be the same. But no. I, I appreciate, I appreciate you saying that. Oh, you're welcome. Anytime. <laughs> um. Well, I'll I'll let you go because I'll let other callers get in or whatever. But well, would you I'll, check out my website? Oh, of course, yeah, definitely. definitely. I've been on it. I've been on it a couple times. It's awesome. I love it. Thank cool. you. Yeah, Thank it's, you. definitely. I'm definitely looking forward to the book too. It's you know it's going to be really good. Yeah, and I might add when you drive by your local Barnes and Noble, if you would pop in and say ten copies, make sure you have at least ten copies, because not all bookstores <laughs> order the books. But if right. you make sure that they get the books in, they will get them. They just need to know that the interest is there. I just want to say that to all of the listeners. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, right. I, I've, I have a Barnes & Noble like 20 minutes away from here, so definitely. Okay. Where are you calling from? I'm from Vermont, actually. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Closer to where I was born and raised, in Maine. Oh, wow. Wow, you're a New Englander then. Nice. Oh, yes. Nice. I am done shoveling that snow, though, honey. Let me tell I you right know. now. <laughs> I, I am done. I know I'm waiting for now. Jeez, I'm. <laughs> it does not like to be cold. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, I, 
<laughs> All right. Well, it's great talking with you. You too. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yep. Thanks, Bill. All right. Thanks, man. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye. All right. Bye. You know, here, here's something interesting. Um, I was told that it would be too complicated to bring Victoria back. What do you think that means? Uh, yes, please explain that. <laughs> we want to know what that means. Does that mean Peter Bergman's panties will be in a bunch if I come back? Or, you know, who who, who or what? Well, yeah, you, yeah, you've got to take into consideration. I mean, you know, if there are actors, like we said, that cannot get along with other actors behind the scenes, on the set and everything. Even if they're you not in to, scenes with you. you. That's that what's aside. hilarious. Peter and I don't even work together on the show. You gotta, so put, you gotta put those feelings aside because you, you know what? Get the work done. If you don't like each other, fine. You don't have to. But you gotta go in there, read what's on the page, do your scene, and there you go. That's and go it. home and go, and go home. home. What is so difficult about that? I don't know. I don't know. I've been doing it for 17 years. God knows. I know. But, um,. The minute I went on my book tour, a few of them got very busy. I think they've been running back and forth and all over Kingdom Come, spreading lies across the land. <laughs> so they they got very, very busy and apparently got the support of a uh, few folks over there at Sony, Steve Moscow and Steve Kent and Barbara Bloom, and poor Maria's caught in the middle. So what can you do? But... Um, Anyway, do we have another caller? We do, actually. Uh, this caller is from Ohio. Did I get the, did I get the state right? Or am I somewhere close? Area code 513, you're on the line. Hello? Hi. Hi, how are you, Victoria? Well, I'm better now that you called in. <laughs> good, good. It's good to have you on the show again. You always give good interviews. Thank you so much. I try to be honest, you know, put it right there on the table. <laughs> well, I just want to say that I'm looking forward to your new book to come out. Uh, the web webisodes are hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. My, I love the first one when you're climbing up the the wall trying the to get cliff. out of the river. <laughs> Off the cliff. <laughs> yeah. That was hilarious. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And I'll have a few more dropping before the book launches. So, you know, stay tuned. And, you know, Essence Essence Magazine is going to be doing some fabulous things with my book. So I'm, I'm honored. Okay. I'm honored. But go ahead. Well, um, I also wanted to say um, I've been watching Young and the Restless since I was probably a little kid. Mm-hmm. And I'm a young African-American male. Mm-hmm. I'm 26. And, you know, I never thought I would today the characters of Neil, Olivia, Drusilla, and Malcolm would be used as a prop for the character of Lily. It doesn't make any sense to me because the people who are watching this show, like my grandmother, my mother, they want to see, they want to see Drusilla, Neil, Olivia. They don't, they're not really interested in Lily and what she's doing. Granted, of course, she has to come in eventually, but we want to see the people we grew up watching who have made the Young and the Rest so successful in black homes. 
because we could relate to those characters. That's right. That's right. Um, and it is to my understanding that when the family came on the scene, because the audience demanded it, so um, the Young and the Restless went to number one. Now, I stand corrected if that is not true, but I understand that it went and has maintained number one. So I'd like to say that the black family had a part in getting us there. Um, I have never, ever known for a black family to be non-existent during time of crisis. That yeah, right there shows yeah. if you don't know it, you can't write it. Well, it was like her Lily's aunt Olivia was there one week, and then she's been gone <laughs> ever since. And this was when did Lily first get the cancer? I think in like July or August. Well, who ever and, heard of the mother not being there when the daughter has cancer? I've. It's and you don't even hear anything about Mamie saying anything. You know, Mamie's marooned on. Well, she's marooned on Gilligan's Island. I mean, it's it's sad and it's very frustrating as a viewer because personally, I don't hate Crystal Khalil. I liked her as teenage Lily, but she's not my favorite as adult Lily. I like Devetta Sherwood better. But they've got to get a, a better – if they're not going to bring you back, they've got to get a black actress that can act and that can handle and lead a family because what they have now just is not working. I will just say this about Devetta Sherwood. Now, I know Crystal has her fans. But I will say that I was insulted when I got a call on a Sunday afternoon to tell me that DeVetta has been let go and we're bringing Crystal back. I was insulted that even then the Brown actors were not given the opportunity to discuss, to know, to ask why. They were replacing on a dime another brown actress. And that's how it went down. On Monday morning, I was no longer looking into Devetta Sherwood's face. Mm. Devetta Sherwood was treated with extraordinary disrespect. Devetta Sherwood was called out of her name on set. I wasn't there that day, but I heard about it. And shortly thereafter, she was unceremoniously stripped of the part. And these are the kinds of things you don't know about, but I do. Well, I just, I, I love The Young and the Restless. I've, I'm used to watching it. I watch it every day when I get home from work. And Drusilla Winters and Nikki Numa are my two favorite characters in the Aww. whole entire And it's a shame that, like the, the hosts were saying earlier, Melody Thomas Scott has been reduced to a talk to and then you're not even there. It's like, why am I continuing to watch this show? This is not the Young and the Restless that I grew up and came to love. Well, and you know, like, where, where where Melody and I didn't typically have scenes, um, she's another person that speaks her mind. And I'm sure in doing so, she's being, you know, um, systematically silenced. So, you know, these things happen. Look at Kim Zimmer. Look at um, a number of actors um, that, you know, the minute they have something to say and it has some credence, um, they kind of go away. 
Well, I think it's, I mean, I think, I mean, I'm going to be honest. Um, you speak out against the show, and Eric Braden speaks out against the show, and you're not treat, and you're treated a lot different than he is. Oh, most and definitely. I don't think that's, don't think that's fair. And that's, I mean, he when he was going through his contract negotiations, he had all these interviews, and he said this and that about YNR, and he was back on the show. And everyone on the message boards, there's always someone who wants to say. Well, you know, she's being mean and she's a mean spirited and it's like she's she's allowed to speak out. Eric Braden doesn't and no one bats an eye about it. It's, it's not mean spirited. It's not mean spirited. Racism is mean spirited. Disparity is mean spirited. But the person that discusses it is not the mean spirited one. That is the truth and the truth is hard yeah. to face for some people. Yes, 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 yes. You are right, and I just want to say I'll continue to support you in all your endeavors. Thank I'm looking you. forward to the book. Hopefully you come to Ohio so I can get the book signed. <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing you, and I will continue to support you. I always have your back on the message boards, and good luck Thank with you. everything. Thank you, and don't forget, uh, Secrets of a Soap Opera Diva dot com. Please tune in. Oh, I definitely will. Okay, and Twitter. Make sure you Twitter. And Twitter. Yeah. Thank you for always responding to your fans on Twitter. We love it. We love it. Oh, good. I love re- I love responding to my tweet fam, so thank you. All right. Thank you. Have a good evening. Yeah. Thanks. I tell you, this is awesome. Uh, I, and, uh, of course, we got to get into the book. I know we are going to get into this book because yes. everybody, everybody is dying to know. Is this more fact than fiction or vice versa? First well, of all. see, I leave that to the discretion of the reader. Because okay. the be- I'm a voracious reader, and the beauty of reading fiction is it could be whoever you want it to be or whatever you want it to be. Um, I put you in the places. I put you in a contemporary uh, time. Um, I give you a fictitious cast that's fleshed out really, really well. Um, there's, I, I'm also also answering to my diagnosis murder fans. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so I have a lot of mystery. Um, I have a murder. Um, okay. I have a lot of fun, uh, topsy, twirly, roller coaster-y material. And it's, and it's uh, written with a cliffhanger style uh, for the sequel. Um, okay. I'm very proud to announce that I already have theatrical interest in the book. Oh, oh, yeah. And there's one actor, there's one daytime actor I've already approached. Um, When we get, are you allowed to say? Oh, I've already approached Eric Braden. Okay, all right, all right. Oh yeah, without question. I mean, I would have to stunt cast if I had if I had to stunt cast one character in the book, it would be him. And plus, he's a primetime film actor. I mean, he's, he's perfect. So um, I will leave it to the discretion of the reader to imagine whoever they want the characters to be. But I will say this, that okay. on my website, uh, when you go on to secretsofasoapoperadiva.com, I have created a virtual cast. So that it'll say R and R. Of course, the name of my fictitious soap opera is The Rich and the Ruthless. <laughs> when you go of to course. the R and R cast, you will see the characters um, that I have brought to life in the book, which will 
make reading it much more juicy and salacious and soapalicious. Soapalicious. Mm. Huh. Soapalicious. See, now all I'm going back is to that episode, this, this recent one that you had where you just mentioned Opalicious and Callista, man. That, I thought that was <laughs> the best one out of the two that you just put out there. I was like, I was loving that one, man. I couldn't stop cracking up. How did you come up with that idea to do that? <laughs> well, I knew that the soap fans wanted to see me on camera, and I've never waited for permission to be proactive in my in my creativity. I mean, you have to do you. And there's always going to be people out there that would want to prevent you from being creative. But I'm an artist first. I was uh, a ballet dancer. Then I worked in theater. Then I did some acting. Um, So I've been an artist my entire life. Um, I design as well. And so it made – I've always loved fashion – and I decided that I would create these webisodes. I have um, many webisodes already produced, and okay. um, we will be able to enjoy them, I hope, all summer long. Um, and um, as I mentioned, uh, I've already received um, interest, um, studio interest around uh, the book itself. So it, it made sense to frame the book. Because, darling, these days, you can't just have a, a fabulous product. You have to know how to market it. You have to market it. Oh, absolutely. You have to market it. So I'm so proud that Moet uh, Hennessy is um, hosting the launch parties. So we'll have champagne pour across America. Mm. Um, I'm proud to say that uh, Chanel and Clinique and Pine Sol and Toomey and Oh my goodness! We, fabulous, fabulous sponsors um, are um, very excited about Secrets of a Soap Opera Diva. Um, Essence is very excited about Secrets of a Soap Opera Diva. I mean, I could go on and on. We have some wonderful, wonderful um, partners in this endeavor, and of course, my of course my publisher, Simon and Schuster Atria, the Simon best Schuster. in the world. Yes, yeah. um, Simon and Schuster. Mm-hmm. Is squarely behind the book, and of course we launch on May 4th, and we kick off in New York City, and uh, we will be all across the country. So please check the listings, which are already posted on SecretsOfASoapOperaDiva.com under appearances, and also um, Soap Opera Digest is listing the tour as well, which I'm very grateful for. Oh, wonderful! Because I know I just got a question if you were going to probably hit uh, Chicago, but. Uh... I don't think you are sure of that yet, I think. I don't think we've booked Chi-Town yet, but we're working on the Chicago Tribune Book Fair, so that would dovetail nicely into a book signing while I'm there. Um, You you treat me so well in Chi-Town. I just want to do a shout-out over there because you really treat me like a queen. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Love it. But I'm asking people when you come to my book signings to please wear a boa, wear, wear, wear boa feathers, wear uh, most outrageous. Just, just think Elton John. Just come. Boa feathers. And, 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 you know, think Grace Jones. I want you to come out as diva down as you can to my book signings. So be Elton John, Lady Gaga-esque. Lady Gaga, I want you diva down, diva and divo downed when you come out to the Barnes and Nobles, to the Borders, to the book signings. When I when I when I'm in New Orleans at Octavia Books, 
when I'm, oh, my God, I'm going to be all over the country. And you know, you know Wendy Williams is going to be hitting that diva fan and the bubble machine when I come on the show. Yes. And and Monique, too. Monique is going to have the diva fan going. We are going to have fun. We're going to throw down. We are going to partay. Mm. Mm. I better get my plane ticket to New York. I have to get my plane ticket to New York. That's well, I'm going to be all across the country. I'm going to be in Baton Rouge. I'm going to be in New Orleans. I'm going to be in Texas. I'm going to, I'm going to just be all over the country. I'm going to be in Augusta, Maine at the border at Barnes & Nobles. Augusta, Maine, Barnes & Nobles. Okay. All, right. all over the I'm... country. Well, that settles it. I better get that list from SOD right now and put it on my site. Cause I you need to put it on Buzzworthy. You need to put it on your site, plus the one-woman oh, show, yeah. The Secrets of a Soap Opera Diva <laughs> one-woman show, June 3 through June 6 at the Southwest Arts Center. Now, you know we are going to have fun at the one-woman yeah. show. Watch out, Tyler Perry. That's all I can say. <laughs> Watch out, Tyler Perry, because Victoria Rowell is taking it on the road. Secrets of a Soap Opera Diva, the architecture of a soap opera star. Absolutely. And Dawn, Dawn just posed this to me because I, you had just mentioned about Monique. She wanted to know what were your thoughts of Monique winning the Oscar? Monique winning the Oscar was pure poetry in motion. I loved her acceptance speech. It just spoke volumes for so many, so many women so many women in trouble and girls in trouble. And um, she really was poised, but she made her point. Mm-hmm. I was extremely proud. And the thing about Monique is that she brings people with her. So that when she got her show, she she upped the ante for others. Um, she raised the bar. And... Mm-hmm. When you're in a position of power like that, you can make it happen. But shouldn't that be the goal of all of us that are in positions of power so that when you're working, let's say, on A Young and the Restless, you would hope that a cast would support change. You would hope that they would support setting up for the next generation. And so when I look at 17 years of work, I'm saying that's the result of 17 years, and they were like, you know, two black people on the show? <laughs> you got two black people on the show. Oh, man. I'll tell you, this is... And this. that's okay, and nobody behind the camera except a stage manager named Herbie. <laughs> that's it? That's it? That's it? You're kidding. Oh, no. No, no, no. So let the fans know, they will not be trying to bring back a Victoria Rowell anytime soon because Victoria Rowell knows where all the skeletons are buried. She knows the score, and I really care about the whole picture, not the blurred one, because, darling, that show is not color television. (laughs) That pretty much was it in a nutshell, just by that one sentence. That was it. You pretty much nailed it on the head. That was it. Someone actually said they could see you on the bowl and beautiful acting opposite of Susan Flannery. That would be that would be amazing. I have to agree with that person. Susan uh, and I Daisy talk. Clover. 
Susan and I talked not that long ago. Um, really? You know, obviously, Susan's the best in the business. And I'm sure if they came up with a storyline that made sense, that could be so much fun. Not to mention, can I get to Italy with Ron Moss? <laughs> right? Oh, my God. Um <laughs> You notice the the YNR people that go over there tend to want to stay. Yes, that's true. They tend to want to stay. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I would love to work with um, Susan. And and the acting goes without saying, but I mean as a director. She knows her stuff, and um, she's someone that certainly could, could teach a tremendous lot. But it's interesting what the caller said about these core characters in the Winters family are now props for the Lily character. Well, they really are. I mean, if you think about it, they really are. I, I mean, it just it just seemed like they're propping the character of Lily for their her relationship with uh, Kane, played by played by Daniel Goddard on the show. It's not really about the Winters family anymore. It's now about Lily and Kane, why are we not really saying anything involving the Winters family? Well, because you can't with the Winters family. You, you know? can't put that kind of responsibility on a young actress who may not have that in that 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 may not be her focus. I'll just say. Mm-hmm. Whereas as an actor on the show, um, I was very focused on building the Black family. Yes. Do you follow me? I do. Not everyone is thinking about the whole picture and the future. So what will happen um, is that if if that is what they're hanging their hope onto for the whole black family, then eventually we'll see Kristoff sort of go off into the wings and, um, you know, someone else will fulfill their three year contract and that'll be the end of that. Yeah. It really you have to be proactive. Um I can't tell you how many times um I asked for certain actors to to, to be played. I fought for that black social worker. I fought for Brighton McClure because they did not want him to be black. Excuse and I said, Well me? that'll be a trap excuse me? They, no, they were not hiring a black actor for that role. And I said, don't make a mockery of me. I'm a national spokesperson for foster care. And unfortunately, the predominant race in foster care are black, just disproportionately black boys. So you really must consider the facts. So I was very, very proactive around building the black storyline I thought that the Crystal Khalil character should have a black boyfriend. That was shot down. Um, I asked for for my my parents. Uh-huh. I would ask for my parents. I said, Drusilla, even though she's a strong character, must have a relationship with her mother and father who are still alive. Who are still alive, yeah. And Ben Guillory would love nothing more than to come back on the show. Um it was very, very hard to get that investment 
um, and what I was able to cobble out is what you saw on the screen. Nichelle Nichols, who played Captain Uhuru, Lieutenant Uhuru, rather, on Star Trek, she was yes, interested yes. in playing my mother. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that? Nancy no. Wilson, the great legendary singer, wanted to play my mother. Daphne, really? Daphne Reed. Daphne Reed wanted to play my mother. I proposed all of these actors. I proposed all of it. And it was shot down. Get out of here. Can you imagine if Nichelle Nichols or Nancy Wilson, you know, were on The Young and the Restless? Aretha Franklin wanted to come on the show. What? Get yes. out of here. What? Yes. The problem becomes... So just so the fans know and the viewers know, that's too much power. You see, because if you put that kind of cast together on the show, who's watching anything else? Right. I mean, maybe I'm being a bit selfish and a bit biased. I apologize if I've insulted anyone, but I will just say that if you put those faces on the tube, who's watching anything else? Hmm. That would be powerful, to see a Nancy Wilson on camera, to see a Nichelle Nichols, to see a Daphne I'm, Reed, because Daphne doesn't play. She goes on screen, and that's pow. That's it. That's it. That's, that's but unbelievable. To, that's but to know that you have that kind of talent that would like to appear... On the show, and why? And why? Because they're fans of the young. They are fans. You mean to tell me that you cannot reward your fan base with that level of talent, but you go and get Molly, what's her name? You'll go get a Molly, what's your name? Yeah. And put her up on the on on the screen. Didn't make any sense. But that's the kind of person I am. I, I went after production value. That's why we had Kenny and Shantae Lattimore on the show. I went after them. I remember that. I remember that. Yes, you're right. Anyway. But it's just... Uh, no good deed uh, goes unpunished, as they say. Apparently not. <laughs> apparently not. So how much not. time do we have left? Uh, actually, um, oh, there they are. I have time for one more caller. Oh, uh, goody. They had called. Yeah, they had disappeared, but they wanted to come back, so that was good. Um, I was about to pick them up. But um, caller from Mississippi. Oh, good. That's where my book is centered, in Greenwood, Mississippi. Nice. 601 Area Code, you're on the line. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? We're good. doing good. What, what's your name? My name is Rose Wright. How are you doing? Hi, Rose Good. So good. Do you know that Secrets of a Soap Opera Diva starts out in Greenwood, Mississippi? Uh, um, no, I did not. But, Wait, uh, you could. I, I, I'm, I'm waiting to hear it and, and, and read it. I, 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 um, I got a, a email about it coming out. Um, I'm um, the president of Savage Book Club. Oh, and good. Make sure you I, they've got plenty of books. I have been following you. Thank you. So, do you have a question for me? Um, I, I I was listening to your comments uh, about the about the soap opera and everything, and I was just I, you know I was just saying to myself, man, any of those ladies would have been wonderful, but uh, I just I just wanted to you know say 
that I think is great that you, uh, you know, you voice your opinion. Sometimes people don't listen to us, but I, I'm glad that you are vocal. And, you know, because, you know, sometimes it's hard out there for sisters. I mean, it is. It's hard. Oh, but you have to keep going. You have to keep going. That's right. You One day they'll, keep... they'll listen. <laughs> you got to keep going. You got to keep going. I, I love your 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 vote of confidence. I mean, look at our president. Would we have health care otherwise for all? No. And you know, I live in a state where the the governor hates uh, our president, mm-hmm. and I promise you, I, I am counting his days out of office. I'm really <laughs> literally counting the days when this governor can leave. I mean, it's awful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, people who, you know, we have a president who's who inspires change and inspires um, courage and is grace under fire. I mean, the epitome of grace under fire. And um, he's extremely tactful and eloquent, and um, one aspires to behalf of that. Um, in any event... It is historically documented that when you are um, a person about bringing about change, and change we know is unpopular, no matter what it is, on whatever level it is, it's all relative to what it is that you're doing, you have to stay the course. You have to stay the course because it's the only way it's going to get done. And, you know, colleagues of mine in the entertainment industry say, Vicki, why do you stay on that show? When they knew what I was putting up with all that nonsense with the knuckleheads, They'd say, why do you want to stay on that show? And I said, do you know without tenure, you cannot bring about change? Let me just say that again. Without tenure, you cannot bring about change. That is so true. That is so true. Uh, I teach school, and I I mean, sometimes people tell me all the time, girl, why do you do that? I do it for the children. Uh Uh I do it for the children. I like it. I like it. And I, I mean... And, and no matter what, how they see you, you know what you're doing, yes, and you just ma'am. keep doing. It. You just keep doing it because, because you. you know they say, uh, you know, at the end of every part, every uh, rainbow is part of gold. So you just keep going. You just <laughs> Thank keep doing. You. I appreciate it. So, I so, appreciate uh, the encouragement, and I remain lifted. <laughs> Your book <laughs> is in out of a greenwood. Yes, my book, Beulah Espinetta Jones, is my protagonist's real name. Her legal name is Beulah Espinetta Jones. <laughs> I see. Okay. I got to laugh already. I got to laugh okay. already. And her grandmother <laughs> is raising her, Mama Jones. And okay. uh, Beulah uh, gets into a little bit of trouble and has to flee from Greenwood. Um, <laughs> she flees. And uh, But she lands in New York for a minute and then heads on out west to California. And Boy, you'll have to read what happens when she gets to California. But um, she doesn't take any stuff. And uh, she has a, a bumpy ride. She has a bumpy ride. But um, I, I think it's going to be very, very enjoyable for the soap fans because it's all behind the scenes. It's behind the scenes of the soap opera world. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. well, um, I I, I won't I won't tell tell. I used to be so addicted to soap operas it was unreal. I was <laughs> I was I mean I, I was 
I was recording while I was at work and coming through the door. And, 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 and uh, just as I get in the door, uh, my, my tape was, uh, that, you know, was going off and use it all up. I mean, I was just. Well, you know, I write about that in the opening of my book. It's called, well, you can read it on my on my website, secretsofasoapoperadiva.com. Note from the author is the opening of my book. And I talk about the generational nature and the psychology pieces of soap operas. Um, I talk about the phenomenon of how they're addictive, and not just domestically, but internationally, from India to to England to... Um, well, I list a number of, of, of locales around the world, and I name the soap operas and, um, you know, the culture, the soap opera culture. And, uh, you know, how a lot of us grew up on soap operas because our grandmothers or our mothers um, were watching them, and we sat right with them. That's right. It started with the edge of night. <laughs> edge of night, the doctors. Remember the doctors? The doctors. The doctors. Oh, my God. Another so- world in Somerset. Okay. Yes. Rachel and you, Mac. You, you were on um uh, uh uh one of those. What were you on? As the world turned or something. I did three. Two. I've done three soaps, and this is my silver anniversary. Everyone, I just want to say woohoo, two two. Okay, congratulations. My, right, congratulations. Thank you. Uh, my silver anniversary. I started out on One Life to Live. Okay. Not my problem. People got the history wrong. Okay. And then I went over to As the World Turns. Yeah, that's what As the World Turns. Okay. As Nella Franklin, I took over for Casey Lemons, who became a famous writer and director, because she was an actress on that show. And okay. then I went over to Y&R. All right. And I'm not done. And, you know, uh, the um, the uh, Drew in... <laughs> in um, Younger than the rest of the boy, I tell you, Drew has come a long way. <laughs> <laughs> She's come a long way, but you know what I think would be fun, and people have been writing in what they would like to see happen. But um, I think what would be fun is if she really does have amnesia. I know I did my spoofy webisode called uh, Soap Diva Glamnesia, but if she really did revert back so that when she turns around, you see a woman with like six braids, and when she turns around, <laughs> and when she turns around, it's Drew. She done gone back, um, oh, and she doesn't know her I name. I like that. Right. Okay. Mhm. I like that right there. I like that right there. Yeah. So we'll leave it there. But that's um, there it is. Okay. All right. Well, you get your book. Make sure the bookstore has plenty of copies. Come May fourth. I, I, okay, okay. Um, now, I, I, do, I I am following it because um, uh, it said that you guys were going to come through, I, and I really hope to get to meet you this uh We're working on Mississippi right now, so we'll be putting yes, it up on yes. the website as soon as we book it. And uh, and the price point is awesome, everyone. I just want you to know the book is only $16, so no excuse. Nice. All right, well, well I, will be look, I will be looking out for that because, like I say, uh, uh, some, I, I've talked to someone about you already mm-hmm. coming to to, uh, to us, so yeah. uh, hopefully we'll make that happen. Okie dokie. All right, then. You take Thank care you. here. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. People are so nice. Wow. I love it.
I love yeah. it. You have so much support on all on all sides. It's amazing. So before we wrap up, let's let let's do it again. We've been pimping it out all night. Let's pimp it out one final time. <laughs> Site, book, when it drops, where they can yeah. find you on Twitter, everything. Okay. Where can they all look out for you? Let's go. First of all, tweet me. Okay? It's my name, Victoria Rowell, so you can find me easily on Twitter. And uh, secrets of a soap opera diva dot com. That is the official website. Um, Simon and Schuster would love if you would visit their site, SimonandSchuster dot com, um, and type in Victoria Rowell in the search. They'd love for you to visit them. Um, what else can I tell you? iTunes, yes, yeah, Stink of Blood with a Pine Salt Chaser. That will be dropping April 13th. Yours truly did the music video and is rapping. And, yes, those are my licks. Those are my licks. Okay. Those are your licks. All right. I got Uh you. I got you. I have some other music that will be for sale on the website by Peter Adams and Brenda Russell. Oh, the stars are coming out, honey. They want to be a part of this one. I like Brenda Russell now. We love Brenda Russell. So we have lots of sticky content to get your fingers on on the website. You will be able to buy signed books. You will be able to get photos. You will be able to do a lot of things. But most of all, you'll be able to press flesh with this daytime diva on the road at the bookstore. That's right. And May 4th, everybody, it drops. May 4th, 4th. it drops. It drops. And wait, I have to thank everyone for going on to YouTube. Thank you for going on to YouTube. And for those that don't know, it's YouTube.com slash Victoria Rowell. That's my channel. Thank you for tuning in to the Web of Soaps. That's right. And there's more to come. Like you said, there's more to come. Oh, my God. Every Friday at midnight, Eastern Standard Time, we drop another Web of Soaps. It's called Soap Opera Saturday. Okay. And that's why you've been seeing these Web of Soaps drop. So, uh, this Friday at midnight, Eastern Standard Time, we're going to drop another one before the launch of Secrets of a Soap Opera Diva. And then we're on and popping. I'm looking forward to it. And then you got that whole book tour coming out, everything. Yes. Me, ex- Wendy Williams, all of it. All one of it, extra show. Hollywood, extra. We just want to say this, though. Oh, Steve, Maria, Barbara, come on. Hey. Come on. Tell you-know-who, get out of the pampers and put on his big boy panties and let's go. (laughs) And I I have to say, if it does come to the point where you go back to Y&R, we'll be be tuning in. Oh, yeah. I'll let you know we're going to have a big party. We'll have a big bash. But but before that, before all of that, meet me out on the road all of May. All of May. All of May I'm out on the road with the book. So I can't wait to hear what you have to say about Wendy and Monique and I and all the rest, okay? Well, that means you're going to have to come back then. Oh, absolutely. You have to you have to interview me while I'm on the road so we have real time with your viewers so they can and your listeners, uh, so that they can know real time what's going on while Victoire is on the road with her book. And hopefully it'll I become like a New York Times bestseller. We'll see. Fingers crossed, but I'm Fingers liking this crossed. idea. 
we're 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 gonna roll with that idea, Miss. I think we okay. are. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Thank you all. Thank you, love. Bubbles and kisses. Take care, Take care now. Bye bye. Two great interviews between Christoph St. John and Victoria Rell of CBS Daytime for the Young and the Restless. You know, I had recently, well, not really recently, but I had been checking out Victoria Rell's Twitter, and I know there's been petitions all over the place to have her come back to the show as Drusilla, and in my mind, do I think that they will ask her to come back? And and my answer is no. You know, she she pretty much puts out there on Twitter uh, about what such and such has happened behind the scenes of the show. And, and don't misconstrue what I'm saying. She has valid points. She has valid points. And I know that people are getting turned off because these points are being made every single day. And many people on Twitter don't want to see that all the time. And like I said, while she makes valid points, do you think that with those valid points being made all the time on a consistent basis, will that make those at YNR want to have her back? And the answer, in my opinion, is no. I don't think they will want to have her back, and I don't even think that it was even in the consideration of wanting to ask for her back to the show. And that's just how I feel about it. But, you know, these are these are things in my head that I will continue to think about, and I probably won't have the answer to until the next time she comes back in the show. Uh, we would love to have her back, and we'll definitely get down to it, obviously so. And I want to thank you guys for tuning into the show tonight. Between me and everybody that has been on the show within three years, I, I, I want to say thank you for letting us do what we do in the capacity that we do the show in. And we got one more day in our anniversary week. We got one more day. That is this Friday. Celebrate Naked Friday in style, which is actually our actual anniversary date. November 5th marks when we officially turn three years old. And we will be rebroadcasting two interviews. The first one will be with Julie Ben. She plays Stephanie on ABC's No Ordinary Family. But when this interview was done, she was still, well, she just got released from Dexter as Rita. So we're going to talk about that. And also we are rebroadcasting the recent interview that we did with Daniel Goddard back in August of this year. And that it's always fun whenever he stops by. It's never a dull moment. So I am looking forward to sharing those interviews with you again. For now, I'm Navelle J. making sure you guys get the latest buzz with Buzzworthy. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Take care. Can't get enough of Buzzworthy Radio. Log on now to www.buzzworthyradio.net to get the latest news on upcoming guests, past shows, and videos of all your favorite stars. Keep getting the latest buzz with Buzzworthy. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.